Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. This is The Word with Mike, Pete, and Steve, JobsRadio.com. We are live here tonight on many different places in many different ways. Let's start by where we're at because we very rarely mention that. Here we go. Tonight, we are live on Facebook on the Gubs Comedy Club radio channel. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. It's the same channel, Gubs Radio Comedy Club. Go over there and check us out. We're also live on our home base govsradio.com and in a little while we will be going to instagram live with our friends over at the lady brewsters hailing from long ireland brewing company we will get to all that in just a minute but first but first we must mention our sponsors tonight and we have one on the show but first but first steve rosie's draft solutions Rosie's Draft Solutions is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, draft beer line system installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. Uh, They are very passionate about craft beer and making sure it has the same quality as when it left the brewery, which is only done by one way, by making sure those draft lines are perfectly clean. Rosie's services, bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerator system installs and maintenance. Uh, they service the likes of WA Meadworks, Blue Point Brewing, Darling Brewing, 1940s, Rich's Field, and our buddies over at Hopscotch Bottle Shop, just to name a few. You can reach them at Rosie's Draft Solutions at gmail.com or call them at 631 219 2075. Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mention the Wart for the special discount. That's right. Tell Nick the Wart sent you. Thanks a lot, Rosies, for hanging with us this year. Uh, Pete, let's take it away with, oh, yes, with you. Beer maker. Beer maker. (laughs) Beer maker. On the desk right next to me, it's all green at-home brewing system. You can put it on your countertop. You can put it on your desk where you work from home so people on your conference calls can question what that large object (laughs) is. and why. What are you up to, Peter? And saying, I'm multitasking while I work from home making beer. Delicious, <laughs> delicious beer. And we have Aaron from Beer Maker on here. We're going to do the whole Vanna White routine yep. with the machine tonight. <laughs> Very excited. We've Love got it. our uh, second brew uh, yeah. done Ghost by Wheat. Steve. Ghost Wheat. 
Ghost Wheats. Very excited to try it. Good stuff. Use uh, promo code the work for some dollars off your own machine. That's Highly right. recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I just ordered uh, I just ordered my kit tonight, the Kolsch. You got the Kolsch. And yes. I have I ordered There we go. My kit, Jurassic Ale. Ooh, it can't it's hard to see with my microphone away. My bad. Comes in this nice little bag. So yes, go to Beermaker Instagram, Facebook, Beermaker B-E-E-R-M-K-R dot com and check check out the videos and get more educated with how this thing works. Fantastic machine here. We'll get to Aaron in a little bit. Tonight, we are also sponsored by VintageBeerShirtClub.com. Go to VintageBeerShirtClub.com for your vintage beer shirts in the promo code type in WRT to receive a percentage off your order. Or, of course, if you want to join a subscription, go ahead. Go to VintageBeerShirtClub.com. Also sponsored by Brewbag. Brewbag for your beer pong cornhole needs. Beer pong cornhole. Go to Beer Brewbag. And also go to our Instagram and into our link tree at the in the bio. Uh, as a private website for you as our listeners to get your discounted brew bag today go to brewbag.com and enjoy hashtag yard games if you're from the boston area uh, a couple quick mentions brewers hardware brewers hardware for your small uh home brewing or large capacities go to brewers hardware for all your brewing hardware try clamps for days that's all we're going to say try clamps, clamps for, president. for days for president as well here you go and tonight on the show we got an awesome show for you first off we have the Lady Brewsters. They're down there in our uh, celebrity uh, magical squares. And uh, we have Michelle, Sheila, and Kate. Katie. Katie. I was going to say just Kate to be proper. Like we're in the, uh, like, Bridging to Bridgerton or something. I don't know. Whatever that is. <laughs> I have never watched it, so I have no idea. Sorry. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> I have never watched it. Not one. I know the guy. I know that gentleman because I saw him mm-hmm. driving a stagecoach. No, <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> driving a stagecoach down in Williamsburg, Virginia, where I was a couple of weeks ago, and I have a picture of it. Yes, it looked. It, it was a striking resemblance with the clothing and everything to that gentleman. Very, very <laughs> handsome man. Just and uh, of course, conversation. Another handsome man, Aaron from Beer Maker. He's with us tonight. He's going to hang for a little bit, and Hi, we're going to talk beer. Hey, everybody. Uh, ladies, let's kick it off with you because uh, we just cracked the uh, Fragile Like a Bomb. This is the second iteration of the Lady Brewsters. I want you guys to give us the, the full breakdown, not only of the beer, but of the, uh, you know, the essence behind it and what you guys are doing with this uh, you know, overall North Fork collaboration and everything involved with that. Go ahead, kick it off. Give us everything. I know it's a lot to talk about at first, but we got time. We got plenty of time. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, um, thanks a lot. It was great. And, uh, Aaron, uh, Good to catch up again. Man. We'll do it again next year. <laughs> um, so the Lady Brewsters, we consist of a number of different breweries on the east end of Long Island. Um, there are women in the industry from anywhere from, you know, working behind the bar to production to management. Um you know, any role that a woman plays in uh, the brewery world, uh, they are involved in this collaboration. Um, and we started this last year. Um, it came to inception probably around the end of 2019. Uh, we started it last year. North Fork Brewing Company was the host. And then this year, it is Long Island um, that is the host for this year's collaboration. Uh, last year, we did a um, hibiscus ginger IPA. And this year we did a uh, guava and orange blossom honey IPI. 
um, fragile like a bomb. And this is the actual first year that we've canned it, um, which is absolutely amazing. And the can itself also features two North Fork female artists as well. Kara oh, uh, Hoblin and Rona Penalba um, are the artists for the can. And every year that we are going to do this, there's going to be proceeds that will benefit a Long Island charity as well. Very nice. Very nice. So just to kind of follow that up. So you were talking about the uh, hosting site as being Long Island, uh, as you guys are broadcasting live from Long Island, Long Ireland. Uh, And so was a lot of that facility used then for not not the whole facility used for this brew, but what that facility is where it was brewed, where it was kind of conceived and then how they hosted. What uh, role did they play in getting this out there? Um, well, really, the, the role that Long Ireland played as host um, really was guidance. You know, a lot of us, we don't have brewing experience of our own, with the exception of Katie, of course, and maybe one of the other women. Um, so like Michelle mentioned, you know, we come from different management positions and bartenders, things like that. So even though our team created the recipe, we oversaw all of the details from start to finish, what we wanted to be in the beer, the hops we wanted to use. Really, Katie is the one that steered the ship on that. But Long Ireland was really just here as a vessel for us to you know, make this product. And if we had any questions that we really weren't sure of, you know, they were here for guidance. Um, but you know, luckily, Dan and Greg were really great about just stepping back and letting us do our thing. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And I think we had um, 20 plus women here on Brew Day on wow. International Women's Day. Awesome. So it was a big crew of women. And um, the guys just kind of hit out. You know, they let us do what we wanted to do. Dan was happy to just do Yeah, yeah they really <laughs> were. We wanted to run the show. You know, we yeah. did everything. And as long as we weren't doing anything dangerous, he was happy to just let us <laughs> run with it and you know so that's what we did so we're not gonna put knives in the boil right i mean that's right, not what's no. happening right <laughs> no katie not. wouldn't let that happen she's like nah. no <laughs> who uh you know, who came out with the name i love the name that Fragile was actually like michelle mm-hmm. michelle came up with the name i like it i like it tell us the uh the meaning behind there i mean it was there just that strong woman feel or was there some uh alternate meeting in addition to that where was that well, essence Guava is a Mexican fruit, so I was trying to think of some inspiration around that, and there's a quote with uh, the famous artist Frida Kahlo that is not fragile like a flower, fragile like a bomb, um, so that that went up to, you know, a poll throughout the whole collective of voting for a name. Cool. And yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. It's more like a democracy. Everyone's kind of throwing in a name in the hat or kind yeah, of voting on it and that. It's definitely a democracy within the project because we do have so many women that are contributing ideas. um, And we want to make sure that it's never a too many cooks in the kitchen situation. So we all contribute. Everyone can contribute ideas for the flavor, the hops, everything that's going to go into it to the name and the designs. Everybody gets input, which is really nice. And then we just kind of all vote and figure out what, the consensus is and go from there. Yeah, I want to say from like the conception to the beer, to the name, to everything, the three of us kind of set the framework and then every brewery that's involved gets to have a say and, you know, figure out 
what beer we're all going to be the most proud to me. And speaking of the breweries involved, uh, let's give that list. It's Eastern Front, it's Greenport Harbor, Jamesport uh, Farm Brewery, it's Long Ireland, North Fork, uh, Peconic County Brewing, Trade Winds, and Uber Geek. You got a lot of brand new kids on the block yeah. on this one, which is very yeah. cool. And old ones. Yeah, and old yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, a really good mixture of the OG breweries and the new guys that are opening up. And all of the women that came together for this year's project were incredible. We had a lot of fun. And that's the part I like most about the project, too, is that, you know, we are in this position to be able to collaborate with every other brewery on the North Fork, which I haven't seen anything, you know, that can bring everybody together and kind of just see how we can make something all together and put it out there, you know, something that we can be proud of. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're bringing uh, a lot of the uh, uh, bartenders, the people that work behind the scenes together, all the women from these breweries. Uh, were there anybody kind of beyond that, any other women that were involved that just weren't connected to that but still had a big part in help producing this? No, I, every every woman that was involved was really from one of the breweries. Um, you know, we try to keep it like that just because we knew that we all had so many strong women that wanted to participate. And if we opened it up even further, then, you know, we would have had 50 women in here and then things get a little out of control. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we just kept it. Anybody that works at those breweries that you mentioned, um, all the North Fork spots that wanted to participate, we kind of, you know, put a schedule out there for the brew day itself and then. If you couldn't participate in that, um, we did a canning day. So people that missed the brew day came in and they worked on the canning line. So everybody really got as much time as they wanted to come down and participate. Uh, and I do want to give just a small shout out to Bedell Cellars, which I currently work out, which is a winery uh, alongside Greenport Harbor Brewing. And they've been nothing but supportive and given lots of, you know, information and, you know, oh, right. cool. beautiful spot. Bedell's is great. Yeah. Um, uh, Sheila alluded to before, Katie, you have a, a little more experience than some of the rest. Uh, where does that lie? Where, what did you kind of bring to the table on this one? I'm sorry. What was the I said Sheila said yeah, you had a, uh, s some more brewing experience than some of the rest. W so what did I you bring really to the table? I was really fortunate that um, I worked in the tasting room at Pominop Vineyards and. Ah. They gave me the foot in the door on the bottling line. I was really interested in uh, production. And then that led to my position at Greenport in packaging and then cellaring beer. And then, you know, COVID, I was there for a couple of years and I still maintain a position there in the cellar. Um, but I was able to do harvest at Bedell this year, which just led to a whole other scope of um, education on how to, you know, in fermentation and barrel care and just flavor profiles and such like that. And I think, you know, everything leads to something else and we get to grow that across the board as our little North Fork community out here. Yeah. Aaron, just to give you some, uh, some connection to this. Uh, so we're on Long Island, as you know, we're, uh, kind of on this, uh, isolated, desolate Island where it's nothing but breweries and wineries, <laughs> which yeah, is an amazing terrible. oasis. Awful. of yeah. yeah, it's, it's so, so bad. bad. 
<laughs> um, and out east, uh, you know, like Nassau County, Suffolk County are towards the western part of Long Island. Uh, by Suffolk, I mean, that's where I live in Western Suffolk. But Eastern Suffolk is a little more spread out. There's a lot of wineries, a lot of um, farms and things like that. So there's a lot of room for, you know, growing their own hops and, and having the access to some of, you know, the farm based ingredients that were going to the brewing process. Um, so I just, again, give you some clarification on where they are. So on the northern part of Long Island, towards the east is where all these brewers are located. It's kind of like a nice little beer trail as you travel out. And that's fantastic. Yeah, I've always wanted to get out there. I spent a lot of time in New York. Um, grew up in outside of Buffalo. Um, oh, really? Went to school in upstate New York, um, and you know, never really, never really got down towards the let's call it the lively end of the state. <laughs> so mostly stayed up in the the cold, frigid north. Of, uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, tell us when you're out life. here, and we'd be glad to, you know. Sure, yeah, they, they'll show you around. They got a bunch of breweries they can uh, get you in on. So oh, that's awesome. I'll definitely yeah. hit you up when I get out. You know, what, girls, it's hard when you live in Colorado. Oh, do you live in Colorado now? I do. Yeah, I'm in Boulder. Oh, so that's going to be a really hard place to leave. It's a hard life in Colorado. Yeah, there's so much sunshine and so much beer out here. It's ridiculous. Just don't know what to do with myself. Exactly. Just to bring back a point that you said about growing hops. Yeah, our bittering hops in this beer were grown by Northport Brewing Company. We use the Chinook in there. Michelle can talk more about that but they are farmed out here on the north fork and processed by the family and brewery oh cool and their and their team yeah michelle tell us a little more about that um yeah so every september we have a harvest uh for the hops we own a two acre farm in peconic um so it's about a half hour from where the brewery is located to half hour east um, the hop farm actually existed before the brewery did. Um, it was in the Van Borgendine family um, for some time, probably four to five years before we opened the brewery. Um, and then we've just continued to use the bittering hops that we produce on the farm. Um, and then anything else that we need, we do order. But it, it is a small farm, um, but we do use as much as we can from, from there. Local Especially being, like you said, on this desolate island of Long Island, <laughs> it's a special treat to be able to have those hops accessible for sure. And with the sarcasm, Aaron, what we're saying is it is uh, not <laughs> desolate. It is extremely crowded and it's only getting more crowded by the year. Um, and it, and those farms are, you know, it's tough to keep around to support the local industries. Uh, a lot of farms over the last you know decade or two have succumbed to the uh, condominium or, or just production or, or people tearing it down in the building development. There's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Peter. Uh, you're good for something, by the yeah. way. How's that back feeling? How's that back feeling? That came straight out of his lower discs, your L4 and your L5. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, it's going to be harder and harder, uh, down here to find those good local ingredients just because of that. Now upstate, uh, you know, we have, the farm brewer's license in New York, where you can get local ingredients and a lot of that hops and grain and barley and all the things that you would need for brewing can be found there. Uh, before you went out to Colorado, Aaron, did you find that there was uh, enough here in New York? What was the the temperature besides the cold of, of uh, beer culture up in uh, Buffalo? 
No, and so that was the thing. So when it, when I was of let's call it beer age, I was uh, a little further south. I was in Ithaca. And so sixteen. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. It's where we, we like our we like our wings, our football, and yeah, sixteen. Yeah, no. So <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was down, so I, I was out in Colorado, and then I came back to New York for for grad school. And, oh, okay. Uh, I was I was absolutely blown away um, by the culture out here, um, and in particular when it like here in New York, right? And yeah. the the availability of um, uh, really breweries and like the the atmosphere that um, has been created through local laws, um, like you're talking about, like this farm, um, you know, the farm bills where they, um, I, I can't remember the specifics of it, but is it about half of the ingredients or 40% of the ingredients? Yeah, it's, it's a lot more now. It's pretty much up to 75%, if not more. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. And what, what, you know, I was back, I was there in 2012, 13, 2014. And, um, you know, my local brew club, one of the guys was, he, his family had a farm and he, yeah. uh, they were in the process of converting it from, um, from, you know, rice and corn over to hops because wow. they saw this, um, they saw this, this demand for it coming. And, I mean, it is absolutely phenomenal to, to watch how that can work. You know, I haven't seen anything similar to that anywhere else in the United States. And it's an, it's an amazing feat to see New York doing this and um, how well they can support their local breweries and seeing how, how many have come up as a response to that. What's, what's pretty cool with the, with the actual farm brewers license that uh, they offer in New York is that you can actually carry other breweries beers you can carry winery uh, you could carry you know wine from local new york state wine uh same thing with any type of alcohol whiskey rum uh, as long as they're new york state produced uh you can actually carry it in your tasting which makes it, it it changes uh you know the complexity of somebody coming up to just a, a regular tasting room or a tasting room that carries these other things ciders you know, meads, um, you know, just gives you that, 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 that one person in the group that doesn't drink beer now has this opportunity and it, yeah, it's it all really, that variety. Yeah. Well, it's, it really is. Yeah. And we're fortunate enough on the North Fork to have all of those things you just mentioned. <laughs> Every single you know, one. Cideries, <laughs> distilleries, everything. And, you know, everything you're saying, I think we're all really appreciative of the New York State Brewers Association for, you know, making it a team effort. Yeah. And as as uh, um, as Aaron was saying, it is is phenomenal to have that in place. I think the the hardest thing that we've been you know seeing over the last few years that we've been doing the show is talking to brewers that are trying to reach those uh, demanded goals of 75 percent, 80 percent. It started at, I think, 30, 40, somewhere in there, and it's gone up 10 to 20 percent each year. And more and more, the demand is there. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people are saying that the New York state uh, upstate growers and of hops and, and wheat and malt uh, are having a really tough time keeping up with the demand. It's just a, a tough thing. So there's got to be some sort of balance there. That's kind of like what everyone's saying. We got to definitely keep those uh, farmers growing what they grow. We'll, we'll keep supplying them or keep, you know, uh, consuming from them. But at the same time, you know, there's got to be some sort of realistic, you know, balance between what they're growing versus what we're consuming. And as we know, you know, New York, Long Island itself is just consuming a ton of these local ingredients because a lot of the breweries have the farm license 
uh, because of those benefits that you get from it. Well, it also doesn't help when every other week there's another brewery opening. Right. And so, yeah. You know, it, 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 every time you turn around, there's another one. Yeah. yeah. And as I think we were, an incentive to farm is always a good incentive for the community. So, you know, yeah. And I would like to see all the, a lot of those farms out east, uh, as much as I love my locally grown Long Island corn and broccoli and things like that, a lot of them are going to have to take up. Uh, you know, the mantle of of maybe now even tilling some of the farm for, you know, hop growth. And if you travel out on Long Island on the North Shore and you're taking, you know, the windy road all the way out to the Orient Point, um, you know, you'll see a bunch of these hop yards pop up along the way, which is awesome. Uh, it's a great place to kind of see and, and experience uh, a lot of the locally grown, you know, crops and supplies. And then, of course, the beer trail that I was referring to before. Um Girls, so I, ladies, I really want to talk a little bit more about Lady Brewsters and and the idea behind the organization. Give us a little uh, idea of kind of how this was formed. I know we talked about it on our show about a year ago, but you know, just bring everyone up to date on kind of the, uh, I guess, mission statement of the organization and kind of what you're trying to bring to light. I mean, so we. I want to say it, it was a discussion that started at North Fork Brewing in 2019. Um, it was just an idea, and I had reached out to a number of women at the local breweries to just see if they were interested in, you know, in collaborating and doing something like this. Um, and last year it was, I believe, seven of the breweries, and uh, this year it was eight. But it was really to make sure that we were highlighting our roles in the industry, which is obviously such a male dominated field and, and really highlighting the strength of, of the women in the industry that women really do enjoy craft beer. It's not just, you know, this, we're not just interested in the light girly beers, um, that there's a real passion for it. And women who want to know more. I like those light beers. (laughs) Don't you talk about those light beers they like that. They have their place. They have their place. <laughs> they do. Too. They do. Everything has their time and place. Yeah. 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 Out of the three of us, I'm the sour fan. So I love a good, you know, Me sweet, too. delicious sour. sour yeah. 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 That's, that's, you know, part of our plan. You we know, were just, we get a little that, further yeah. down the line. Yeah. <laughs> You always got to go with the IPA first because you know it's going to sell. Yeah, of course. Yeah. See, she, they even know the business model of breweries. IPA. So done. <laughs> Everyone will take some. It's all about the demand. That's so. it. Um, but yeah, so in, in highlighting the women in the industry, we also wanted to, to look at that and see how can we be a force for good as well. And so we took this whole project and decided that we are going to also link that back to a local charity. Last year was Family Service League. Yep. Um, the, the proceeds last year went towards uh, their programs for women. This year, we've uh, collaborated with Empowerment Collaborative of Long Island, um, just acquired vibes as well. Mm -hmm. So April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and the proceeds this month will be going towards uh, services for support with survivors of rape, sexual assault, abuse, human trafficking, violence. Um, I mean, ECLI does, you know, just a variety uh, they serve a variety of demographics and even people um, incarcerated, uh, community and gang violence. So they have a whole scope of services. Very cool. 
I mean, just looking at, you know, what you guys have put together, uh, the message that's there, I think you're hitting on all marks. Uh, again, with the canning line, it definitely lends itself to more distribution this year as opposed to last year. And I want, I really want to break down, you know, the ingredients and the brewing process. Can you, can you give us a little bit of uh, profile on this beer, tell people what they'd be getting into? So when we first uh, were in discussion between the three of us, it was really important to us to A, make a marketable beer. And so we decided on the IPA. And the taste between the three of us also leaned towards a uh, West Coast style as yes. opposed to your New England. Yeah. Um, however, uh, with ladies working in tasting rooms and management and knowing what sells. Um, we kind of wanted to, cause I think we've all run into people who are put off by certain words, whether it's new England or West coast or whatever. So we kind of wanted to make an American IPA, some, something that sat in the middle that had a little bit more bitterness than your uh, standard new England IPA. Right. And as, I mean, you can see, we didn't filter it, but it's still got a beautiful clarity on it. So yeah. I'm very proud of all of us for nailing that, you know, goal of American IPA. And then with the flavors, I think we kind of all came to the conclusion, like it's hard because we're discussing these beers in like January and February, right? Yeah. We're like, we're cold and sitting by fires and want to <laughs> drink stouts and, right. you know, like all those things. But you kind of have to project yourself into the future and be like, well, what does March look like? What does April look like? We want to, we want to get our citrus in. We want to get like that feeling that we're doing something good for ourselves and getting those, you know, those crisps, crisp tastes. And uh, I think we all landed on guava being this, you know, second cast character to so many other profiles. And I think we've all had guava beforehand, and we're really into it. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to showcase the guava and then the orange blossom honey gave it a nice little backbone. And then all the hops that we use kind of just tried to add to that guava, orange blossom, honey, aroma and taste. And I'm really freaking proud. Yeah, we're pretty proud of this one. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> I, do, I, I do like the, uh, the bitterness here because it does kind of give that essence of that West Coast, like you were saying. And I do like the offset of the guava and the orange peel. Like I said, uh, definitely a different beer from from last year and delicious. Not to say last year's wasn't good, but this one is really hitting out of park. And I'm watching on Instagram, people posting and showing stuff out there. This pretty much was a hit. People are loving this from all around. What's the feedback you guys are getting? We got really great feedback so far. I mean, you know, the untapped ratings have been fantastic and many you know so obviously each brewery each of the eight breweries we got you know a keg of the beer and 15 cases to you know sell through our different locations and then um uh bellport cold beer and soda they took a case ah and, dave's and, cold beer and yeah soda. so dave got um and you know the very sweet guys at hopscotch they also took a case We're very shout out to mark so, you know, it just spread the love a little bit further up the island. Um, and so far, it's been going like wildfire. I mean, yeah. none of us out here have cans, except I think Super Geek still has theirs. Super Geek and maybe James. Platonic County. And Platonic County. Um, yeah. Trade wins. Yeah, 
and trade wins. But two of the breweries sold out after the first weekend, both both uh, the keg and cans. Um, and we just have super limited amounts of the other breweries. Um, so the reception has been amazing. Yeah. And it's going to be even less because I could see by the amount you ladies have been drinking. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's well, one know, less keg in the Ireland. Of our labors, That's you know? right. Of course. <laughs> That's right. I have to say, I, I as like uh, Mike was saying, last year's was was it was a good beer. And you, you guys, it was your first time really trying to get something to go. I like this beer, again, more because of uh, I think there was you guys had an idea that you really honed in on. And I like the, and I was a little hesitant when I heard uh, the honey blossom, because um, sometimes brews can put too much, and then that idea of bitterness now turns into bitter sweet, right. and but it's I, I like it. The, yeah. the flavor is there, but without really that that sharp kind of you know honey esque yeah. flavor. It's, uh, it's- it's As a piece of balance. I, I don't mean, really have much yeah. left to go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And that was something that was important to us when we were collaborating with um, North Fork and Greenport in Long Island in, you know, kind of honing in the recipe is that we knew what we wanted. And we knew that we wanted the orange blossom honey to really be an aroma and not so much a sweet taste. And, you know, through the guidance of all three of them, I think it really... You know, now you use that you use the orange blossom it. end of boil. I'm sorry. Did you use the orange blossom honey at the end of boil? You or? know, I think we're gonna keep that secret. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look at that! It seemed to work out. You love to see it. <laughs> we, we have our own trade secrets now. I sure do. I like not it. a problem. I totally <laughs> understand. I'll get I Greg drunk that, one day and find out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that we're in agreement on it too though i i love this beer i think that we came worlds past the beer that we put out last year even though i felt that it was strong for our first endeavor um you freshman know, project sophomore project yeah exactly yeah. exactly i'm really proud of this i've been drinking it nonstop, as you can see um and i think that next year will be even better you know like we'll have yeah. all of this experience last few years to push it even further and now you, you're saying that almost shoddy next year too i was gonna say you're saying that like you already have a plan for next year any any well, uh what have you guys been kicked around so far yeah <laughs> yeah give it give us a throw out idea that was thrown around uber geek will be hosting next year ah. oh boy robbie yeah man <laughs> and we want to do you know like like we were talking about earlier, you know, everybody wants to buy IPAs. So yep. you know that an IPA is going to be the safest way to go. And so now, you know, we've got two years under our belts. We're not looking to just make girl beer. Like that's not our goal. And we want to make serious beer that people will enjoy and kind of, you know, push it a little bit further outside of the box. So hmm. we'll see what next year brings for us. I'm going to say raspberry cool. porter. Mmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I Although love raspberry. So no blonde ales. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. no. I love blonde ales. Of course. Yeah. So do I. Maybe in the future, <laughs> but not I mean, for the sophomore. Sheila, oh. aren't you the uh, the influence for Beach Please? 
Oh, yeah. You know, some people say that. She mm-hmm. was blonde originally. Beach, please. I just want to say she was. <laughs> she was. Look at how tame she is. Yeah. And then <laughs> Kurt just changed her into a redhead. So. Exactly. You know, you know they're going to do like a barrel aged barley wine next time now. Or a quadruple. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, drop a quad on you. And that'll be it. <laughs> uh, Aaron, so it, so they're brewing with guava and honey. Uh, sorry, orange blossom honey. So yeah. in, in reference to the beer maker, before we get into a whole bunch of stuff with that, uh, there's adjuncts that you can add to the beer maker. Would either of these adjuncts be possible in this machine? Yes. And a couple of really interesting things. I was curious to hear where you put your honey in as well, but no. I get it. Trade secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, also curious about the guava, by the way. Um, <laughs> so the, the cool thing, at least with, you know, with beer maker is um, <clears throat> it's totally open. So you can put it in whenever you want. So you mm-hmm. can put it in at the beginning with the, with the grains, you can put it in. Uh, with yeast, you can put it in during, you know, the secondary, which is essentially, you know, after your primary finishes up, you're not moving containers at all. Um, but you can, you know, you can, if you want to take some of that honey flavor off, you put it in on the hot side. If you want to retain some of that natural honey flavor, mm. you can put it in on the cold side. Um, so, yeah, totally up to you. Um, you know, depends on what you're trying to achieve with your, with your batch. So here's, here's a thought. If we can try to mimic their recipe, maybe we can release more of this since it's in such scarce Please form. Please do. I'd like to see what yeah, you do. Mm. I'll put Steve Clone in front of the computer on his uh, his little calculadora. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just save one can so we have the back and forth between our, our version and your okay. version. No, probably not. <laughs> but uh, no, no offense to the beer maker, but it, uh, for us to guess at the recipe is definitely not yeah. going to hit the mark of the actual recipe. It's tough unless you already know, you know, you're, you're, I guess you're scaling up or you're scaling down depending on what you're doing. Um, I see. So, I have the answer. You do? Yes. What? I have like great bottles of scotch and whiskey. Uh-huh. If I happen to show up. When all the ladies are hanging out, <laughs> we happen to start having a few drinks and, you know, just, you they're know, like pre-boiled, you know, when, 145, they're just throwing numbers at you like, oh, okay. Steve, right, we welcome you to come with your alcohol. Catch us next brew day. Yeah. Challenge accepted, Stephen. <laughs> you got it now. Um, so I, I, I want to just uh, kind of, put a cap on and then not to say that you can't talk about it again, but the, the brewing process for this recent one, how much did it change from the first time you went through it to the second time you threw it? Not that the recipes were the same either, but kind of what was it, what was made better and, and what process streamlined did you have? Did you guys kind of say, okay, well, I, I know what we did last time. Let's do this, this time. What were the upgrades that were made along the way in this process? So I think, I don't know if it's upgrade only because we couldn't be, we couldn't have made this beer if we hadn't made the first one. And we okay. wouldn't have made the first one without every single situation that went into the first one. So I wouldn't, hmm. I definitely wouldn't call it an upgrade. I think, and you know, it, it's something that should be addressed too, is that though it's Lady Brewsters and we all support each other in every part of the industry is that I think every single one of us involved feel fully supported 
by the dudes in the industry. And, you know, I know personally for me, it's a lot, right? It means a lot. And we're pretty familiar with all the people that work at these breweries. Either we've had them on the show or Steve knows them personally and spoke very highly of everybody. Um, you have a great lineup here of people to work with. I'm sure, you know, going through the process, like you said, very supportive in these guys. And uh, what comes out of it, obviously, is the result that we have today is, you know, something that's highly drinkable, very sought after. And on top of it has a great message and a great delivery. Um, so, like I said, you know, looking at next year, being at Uber Geek and what Rob's going to do, have you considered kind of like what the scale of well, the I don't system know really is? What Rob's gonna yeah, do? No, no, I mean, I mean, uh, by by Rob's not doing a damn thing. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Rob's gonna watch and just make sure no one breaks anything. But my right. my point, uh, but the 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 systems at these places. So you were at North Fork for the first one. Yeah, correct? That, that was a question I had. How do you adapt year to year brewing on a different system? And then Long I, Island, and not and not doing it, you know. So last well, we year it was live, made at North Fork. We all yeah. live and work around these breweries. So we maintain relationships with every single one of them. You know, like we visit them, we visit each other's breweries, and we really appreciate the feedback across the board, you know? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, that's where we were talking about earlier, the guidance from, you know, the guys that do run the show at the various different breweries, the brewers themselves. You know, we had an idea. We knew the recipe that we wanted to make. There was a little bit of tweaking here and there because obviously you're scaling up or you're scaling down, you know, depending on where you're brewing and how much you want to get out of it. So um, there was a really great dialogue between our entire team and also, you know, the guys that are here at Long Island and North Fork and Uber Geek. You know, everyone was able to kind of pitch in um, their experience with certain flavoring, certain um, ingredients that they've used it before. So even though we're really proud of all of the work that we put in, we definitely would be mistaken if we didn't recognize that we did have help and support from the awesome guys at all these places. Yeah, and, I- and we're we're really fortunate out here. You know, we're kind of in like this microcosm of beer that's that you don't really finds. The desolate island. The yes. desolate island. Very desolate. <laughs> all right. All right. With the desolate. <laughs> being very sarcastic. Sorry. It's but so yeah, desolate. We're, we're fortunate. You know, we have a lot of great breweries out here. A lot of really knowledgeable people okay. that are always really helpful and want to lend a hand. Um, Pete, what's your uh, what's your phrase that talks about that point? You always say it. Oh, got an embarrassment of riches. There it is. I knew it. We have an. We embarrassment do have an embarrassment of riches. Of riches. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely true. It's a it's a great line for a certain situation just like this. I mean, yeah. for what we have here on Long Island in general, besides just the North Fork and, and again the, a beautiful ride out, uh, gorgeous country, and get away from the hustle and bustle of our uh, you know city dwellings or our really crowded suburbs. You know, it's a great place to come visit, great place to see. And obviously, you know that from the result of this beer and many of the beers that are brewed, uh, that we have a very strong community in addition to great personalities, great people all across the brewing community. And it really speaks wonders to kind of, you know, you guys and and how uh, they opened arm, brought you in and and worked with you along the way and then just kind of let you do your own thing and, and help produce something, bringing something to the community in addition to benefiting. 
the other parts of the community that that need that. So uh, hats off to you guys. I I love this. This was delicious. Um, yes, like yeah. I said, it's, it's right up my alley in, in oh, regards well to bitterness. Yes, very well done. Thank and, you guys. Uh, hats off for you guys coming up with that recipe and being able to do what you do. Awesome. And I, I will, we will try to mimic this at one point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we're <laughs> I gonna can't try. Wait. It. Yeah, we're. I really yeah. look forward to that. We're excited to see what you guys make. It's, it's only about a what a gallon and a and a quarter, gallon and a half. So it'd be limited, very limited release for sure. <laughs> Forty five dollars a can. Yeah. <laughs> Fundraiser we'll do. <laughs> um. So, uh, Aaron, let me get to you really quick. Uh, interesting because I didn't know you grew up here in New York State. Very cool. Um, and so there's okay, so many, we have lots of questions cool, for you too. about this machine. Girls, you've seen this machine, correct? And you've seen what yeah. this thing can do. Michelle was talking before it's the very show. Cool. I would love to like see one and get my hands on it. Cause yeah. I find it fascinating that you can do all that in that small little box. Yeah. And just to like experiment with all the amalgamation. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, think about the lady Brewster's having one to be able to test a batch out of what yeah. they're going to do the following year <laughs> and go, hmm. are you trying to get our secret? About that? <laughs> we yeah, have we a promo code. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's cool. That's kind of what we're using it for. We're testing out recipes and, and messing around, of course, starting with their kits uh, that they offer through the website. And then we are probably going to try to scale down a bunch of stuff that we have mm -hmm. on hand. We know Steve being an ex brewer of barrage brewing company in Farmingdale, Long Island, uh, you know, has a crap ton of recipes. And uh, eventually, once we get used to the system, we all get our hands on it and, and get moving on it. We're going to try to scale down some recipes. Aaron, I want you to give us a, a full background on how this machine came to be, because it's truly intriguing. And there's been others, you know, that have kind of tried to do the same thing. What sets this apart? What makes this unique? And, you know, how did that come to be? It's just a yeah. It's, it's yeah. an amazing, like, like the girls are saying, just, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Awesome. Well, super excited that, you know, you're excited about it. Um, we're, we're, we are mostly because nothing like it existed. And that's really the main reason we want to, to build it. Um, you know, there have been other um, all-in-one automatic beer brewers or so they say, but unfortunately, most of them are just wart makers. They're not actually beer makers. <laughs> I wish I had my little sounder machine. <laughs> I don't have it. The girls remember <laughs> Sheila, Michelle. You guys remember I had my little uh, sound machine there, yes, and I, yes. I have something like it. Just takes way too long to queue up, and it's not immediate. But I got my can opener. There it is. It's not that loud. That's uh, terrible. Right. Yeah, sorry. That's why we need you back in the studio. Makes yes. so much things better. Yeah, yeah. So the that's really the heart of it is that nothing like it existed, and a lot of the um, products that were on the market were, in our view selling something that they weren't in particular to an audience that, um, you know, really got the wrong idea for it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, if you make some of these automated beers, um, either with some of the extract style kits that promise you good results, you know, you're really limited in what you can do to actually make it your beer. Like you can't scale down um, a commercial recipe that you found in your favorite brewer's website with um, an extract brewer. Um, right. And then you have the grain brewers and they don't really help too much beyond just making work. And then you have to ferment it. The yeast is really that magic piece that unlocks what this beer can be. And those specific flavors that come um, due to fermentation temperature 
um, and how well you are uh, managing that temperature throughout the process is, is everything, you know, from a commercial standpoint, like, you know, you have to treat every piece as importantly as the one preceding it in order to get a good beer out of the back end. And we found that all of these automated systems were just ignoring huge pieces of it. Um, so that was the biggest, that was the biggest um, um, hole that we saw that we really felt like we could address. Um, so our company uh, has been producing beer brewing equipment for a while. Um, Blue Jacket Immersion and Immersion yeah. Pro are a couple of devices that we produce for um, home brewers and they got picked up pretty well by um, low volume um, with, with pilot systems, um, yeast laboratories, universities, and their teaching setups would purchase our um, fermentation equipment. And Are there any styles that it um, can specifically do or can't do? Like, can you do something from a, so you can control your temperature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can get everywhere. You get, you get down to freezing, you can get up to, you know, you can get up to, to in the hundreds if you'd like to. And I think That's I awesome. saw online yeah. too, you can do it from the app too, right? Yes. On your That's phone. off. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Like, oh no, it's the temperature. <laughs> down, down, down. Well, with that said, uh, Pete has been the most annoying about this because we, <laughs> we are all linked into this app, the three of us. So when we get an oh, alert. God, yeah, as soon as there's a yeah, notification, oh, forget it. Lord. Just, just texting these two guys the fucking temperature of the beer at you know seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, it's at one twenty-five. Good morning. Good morning. I, I took I took the unit first, and I did two beers. Uh, we did an IPA, and then we just did the wheat. So I was the first day we all got together, and and we took it apart, and we you know put together and and, and started it. And it here's the crazy part. Um, anybody that's been a home brewer. Uh, your day revolves around cleaning and sanitizing and then, you know, getting the beer done and then cleaning up. This took us about... That's not just home brewer. That's big white brewer, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like brewery across the board, well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but but because this is geared towards home brewers, you know, towards... towards and uh, the, the key... We, like, we were ready to... Like, all right, we're gonna spend some time with this. What beers oh, are we gonna drink yeah. while we're doing it? Fifteen minutes later, we're like, all right. I, I so guess we're <laughs> just drinking now. <laughs> just drinking now, and that's that. <laughs> it was that awesome. simplistic, but again, it. I'm a professional brewer, uh, Cybel Institute graduate. I really had my doubts about this machine, um, just because of everything I know. And then I watched your, and this is one of the great things about this unit also is the informational videos that you guys do. Not only online, you know, on, on the website, but on the app itself as the next step comes along and it tells you, all right, your next step is this. And then as you click on it, there's a little video along with, you know, a, a paragraph or, or two of what you're going to do. So if you don't want to read, it's going to tell you in a video that is awesome. what you're going to do. And let me tell you, if you can't make good beer with this machine, yeah. you're a fucking moron. <laughs> I'll put that to the test, Steve. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, Steve. everything about it was so spot on. Um, 
it, it really, and, and again, Aaron, I, and I did some homework on you guys that, you know, I kind of read up of the company and I knew about the immersion and, and all that in advance and the Kickstarters. And, uh, yeah. Are I, there brew calculators in the they, app? They, well, what's really cool also is if you want, you could DIY your own beer and it gives you a software calculator no, that you can no. punch in whatever grains, whatever hops, whatever you want, amount of water, all that, and it's going to tell you exactly what you're going to get. Which so, so Aaron, when you want to send out a sample unit, just yeah, we'll do it all year. It'd be great. It's it right here. Really yeah. good feedback. I will tell you when we put the honey in. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, trade secrets for units. Oh. I, I I I was blown away just by the the simplicity of this. And like Steve said, if you can't really make good beer by following directions, and you just can't follow good directions in life. So in this one, you know what we were doing that first night was trying to meticulously go through it to find out if there was more to it, and there just wasn't. You're just like, yeah, no, that's it. That you're done. Close like the door. It be that easy. Right, right, exactly. You were like, this this can't be that easy. And then that was it. Right. What are brewers going to do if they can't be so miserable about the you know, like, <laughs> change a lot. And so all that cleaning they have to do after. Yeah, well, I think, too, it probably helps out a lot of, like, beginner home brewers yeah. who spend all the money and the time on the new equipment, and then their first batch sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not even, like, <laughs> <laughs> at, all, at least with this, like, you follow the directions. It's just... It's like, I made that's yeah. dumb. <laughs> that's true. We're going to go that, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like I... Yeah, and Pete showed is, is that sort of the uh, the target demo, Aaron? Like the uh, the home brewer that doesn't want to get all of the equipment or doesn't have space for all the equipment? Is that sort of yeah. you're uh, gearing it towards? There, there, right. So when we went through the development of this, there there were multiple demographics that we were that we had found that this concept really resonated well with. And first, like you're saying, why is the beginner home brewer, or better yet, the home brewer who has tried it? And then had bad results and we're like, I know, I know what I'm getting into it with this whole brewing thing. I really want to do it, but I just, I don't have the time. I don't have the space for the equipment. You know, I've got a, you know, a, a busy job or I've got kids or, you know, this, the amount of time that you have to really dive into this incredible hobby and incredible, you know, experience of crafting your own beer. Um, it's, it's a lifelong endeavor. And it's it's a challenge to get into that and it's so sad when you you get your first batch and it got oxidized on transfer or oh yeah about you, that aaron let me talk to you about it like, oh, no, all right i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> so aaron i will say <laughs> your machine is the first machine to give the wort a uh the first good beer that it ever brewed together we'll oh that way that's good <laughs> mm, yay <laughs> thank you girl. Yay, guys. Yay, we have some crap from other people. Oh boy. Oh boy. And by the way, not in New York. So we can yeah. we can talk smack all we want. It wasn't a New York brewery at all. Uh now defunct, actually, pretty much. So yeah, you know, we got ourselves into a pickle and uh we're happy that we have a result now of beer that's actually drinkable. And the Speaking oxidation was what did you guys mean? Oh god, we, we don't we don't want to speak of it. No, let's no. it's the beer oh. that shall not be named, please. No, well <laughs> oh, wait, I'll I'll let you know. So Wait, first of all, as I'm moving, I can move my my so, my uh my arm really quick. Wait, 
can't wait. I'll, I'll do it in very short moments because our go. audience has probably heard this story before. Yes. We went up to Boston to a place that does brewing in their brewery for people that want to just brew a batch of beer. We did two different batches. Um, everything was collected, like contract. Uh, no, just a regular. Like if you wanted to go with like, you know, a bunch of your friends that make beer for like an event or just like, you know, like, I thought it was a cool idea for like a bachelor party. So like you can go there and make like, you know, a couple cases of beer and then you can serve it at your event or something like that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's it a cool. really cool concept. And the process didn't come out like shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see. Like the first day going up there and doing it, the process was great. We had a lot of fun. We had the kettles. We were stirring in. We were mashing in, all that other good stuff. And uh, we ended up, uh, you know, leaving kegs there because we were going to keg our beer, bring it down and can it at our buddy Joe's at WME Works. Um, and so we get the beer brewed we wait our three or four weeks we go up there to pick it up it's in the kegs for us we bring the kegs down we go to joe's we go to can it and the first beer that came out was supposed to be the wheat and it looked like puddle water because it was so oh, oxidized yeah. and super foamy puddle water foamy puddle water then we're like all right so that it, maybe that was just you know a mistake all right fine we then we pour the oktoberfest in the exact same thing. It actually Same looked color. like an Oktoberfest, right? But it certainly did not yeah, taste that, like that, one. Yeah. The, the, so the we did week. end up canning like one or two of them. So this was supposed to be Worktoberfest. Oh, nice. I did a job on the label. Yeah, yeah this, the, the can looks great and everything. Yeah. So we're going to do 12 ounces, not 16s, just so we had enough of it. And I we're going to do like Oktoberfest beer too. So do we. So do we. Not yeah. this one, though. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So obviously, you know, this place uh, did not do us right and completely screwed up the transfer and the oxidation happened. And then we, you know, had basically our money gone. We had a Two nice experience. Shit. Yeah. Of, literally, we threw it out that night. Um, so we were kind of dying before we stumbled upon Beer Maker to kind of come up with a concept without troubling a brewer here on Long Island to make something for us. We wanted to do something kind of on our own. And when we came across the beer maker machine, we were like, yes, this is our kind of first step in kind of developing some stuff and having something out there that people can try. Our first batch that we did, the IPA, uh, future IPA, we actually got out to the home brewers on Long Island um, for our home brewers show two weeks ago where we had LIBME. Oh, right, yeah. We had um, uh, hand beer, grenades beer, and, and beer, beer bruises and revival. Yep. And they all had a... a uh, a sample or two of our beer uh, for themselves. Uh, again, good feedback from everybody, which was great. The future IPA um, turned out pretty good. It, probably our first experience with it. So there's little mistakes, tweaks and stuff that we could have done yeah. better here and there. Steve knows well, but now, you know, with the wheat <laughs> that were dialed into this machine here uh, came out excellent. Uh, Aaron, with all that said, I, I really want to know the development of this. There's yeah. got to be some sort of progression of machines that came out before leading up to this. What happened? To yeah. What, what did the mistakes look like? Right, what are the, what right. are the mistakes like we made happen to you? Yeah. 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 So um, one of the most challenging pieces of making this is um, doing development on non-final hardware. Um, hmm. In principle, doing uh, material, working with materials that are made for 3D printing, additive manufacturing, and things like that, mm. none of them are really food grade. Um, and none at all can be taken up to temperature and expect to be held. <clears throat> so getting a brew tub that's sealed was almost impossible. 
Um, you know, because it would, it would warp on us, you know, we would have oxidation issues every time. Um, so we would have to, we would have to improvise. And so we had, you know, we were doing, um, at the very beginning, we're actually, um, doing brews in these large jars, um, that would emulate our process. It was kind of funny. Like, I wish I had some pictures to show you right now, but, um, there are essentially these like two gallon, two and a half gallon jars. And we had, it was essentially a brew in a bag set up where we were messing with the recipes, messing with steam hops and like getting it in there and making sure that this thing can actually perform from a recipe standpoint. Um, and that was also really challenging because we were doing that in a big cooler that we had water in and it was circulating through a bunch of coffee heaters and we were heating this water in line with a marsh pump and you know like bringing it up the temperature and doing the same general process that we were planning on having did it did it look like uh doc brown's uh barn in back to the future three <laughs> almost like like an immersion circulator for for like sous vide cooking Exactly, kind of but with like little baby aliens in a jar. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Aaron, is your brewing experience purely academic or is it also practical? So, um, I, well, beginningly to hobby, um, I grew up um, in the South or, you know, I lived in the South, New York, and then down to the South, and then Colorado, then back to New York, and then back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere, really. He's a um, migrant brewer. Well, you, I mean, I guess if you're going to make something that brews, like, right, we all have different regions and different temperatures and different brewing restrictions. Yep. Even right? styles, too. I mean, just yeah. what's popular down south may not be as popular up here. And right, and nor should it well. be, right? Like, I don't want to drink Florida beer in December in the <laughs> Why not? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. <laughs> no, yeah. So that's, that's interesting, right? So the, the overall journey was one of, um, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, going on a study abroad over in Europe and seeing all of these amazing beers coming back to, you know, the Atlanta, Georgia area. I mean, like, huh. And here, I mean, this was before the, you know, before that, like, five percent law was lifted where you know all the beers and you know, oh the right beer there's other laws yeah <laughs> oh yeah so there was just Silly nothing laws. there so like the only way to make to drink a beer was to make it yourself so that's how i started and um and the interesting piece about that was uh it's really hot down there and mm -hmm. half the year it was too hot to even ferment most styles you know you you're stuck to saisons in the summer and, um, and that's, that's kind of how I got working on the, the first product, the, the immersion. And realized, you know, I moved to Colorado after that and started and realized I just didn't have the expertise at all from an engineering perspective. I'm like, I'm back on an economics and I love beer. Right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what the I engineering do. background seems to have paid off though. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Well, well, yeah. So I ended up finding myself at grad school, met some incredible, incredibly smart engineers and we paired up and um, I've been together ever since. And, you know, we're going on almost. Here's a real question, yeah. not to be funny. Was this your senior project, like your thesis paper? <laughs> no, this was, so it originally, we originally got grouped up in an entrepreneurship class. And okay. that's, that's, I think was the, the, the craziest thing about it is that like my current business partner is still the same guy I met, um, at, you know, wow. at an entrepreneurship class. That's great. Um, 
And, um, but yeah, so that, that was, that was the impetus to create this immersion device. And then it was, it wasn't until later where, you know, we were actually producing these immersions, selling them to homebrewers, the brew shops. Um, hmm. you know, we've shipped this thing to 30 different countries around the world by this point. And wow. it's, um, yeah, immersion was awesome. Um, and it really helped a lot of people who, um, just didn't have space for refrigerators. You know? I, I found that a lot of guys that I know that had picked them up uh, was they were in between that, you know, they were p past the beginner stage, but they weren't at that where I'm going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. This was perfect. And when it came out, I remember like, wow, that's a freaking pretty good idea. And well, a lot of guys I know bought them. Yeah, that's what we realized as well. Like most of the people buying it, they were making that the next their next step of equipment purchases for the first time. And they're like, yep. you know, I, I know I love brewing, and I know I can. I need some temperature control, or I know I'm I'm buying a new fermenter. I want to get temperature control for that. So let me see what's available. And at the time when we released immersion, there was nothing available um, when it came to good temperature control outside of an ink bird that you plugged into your chest freezer. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, so in the course of doing, you know, this product, um, we would just have conversations with regular people and describe what we would do um, in the product. And like, oh, that sounds really cool, but, you know, I, I don't brew beer. And then, you know, I was like, well, why not? Well, and I really can't wait until Lady Brewster's gets one because <laughs> you know, we love the, you know, labor of love that we put into everything. I yes. can't wait to see what this thing does. For but I think what she's time. saying is she'd really appreciate the 15 minute setup and then the four, <laughs> four hour drinking time then afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Aaron, do you have any uh, patents on some of these pieces of the machine or as a whole? What, what What's the that look like? Yeah, so we have a lot of IP on it. Um, okay. So we have a granted patent on our the the immersion, essentially the heating heat exchange engine, right. um, and that really serves as the heart of what beer maker does. You know, from a from a brewing perspective, and then from a fermentation temperature control perspective. So that really stays at the heart of it. Right. And then we have three other patents that are currently pending um, that relate to the hop processing the um the overall composition of the machine pressure the pressure sensors and how that responds in real time to yeast um and you know it's just it's a large essentially system patent um when it comes to how the machine is is constructed and i don't want to take away from some of steve's questions because he's got some a little more technical oh, God, questions we all have so many questions oh, but uh the question becomes <laughs> So the integration of your, your standard like analog heating system, how do you then integrate it into a wireless device that broadcasts over Wi-Fi? Is that something like a standard in the industry where, you know, like not AI, but, you know, mo mostly automated devices can use? And is it something that you had to develop, you know, individual for this or was it technology that already existed? So there are platforms that work from a development perspective. Um, Amazon has one that's really great that I wish was around when we first started developing this. Um, <laughs> we used another one that was based on Broadcom. It's an open source. Um, okay. And we're, we're in the process of moving away for it for a better platform. Um, yeah. But there, there are a set of tools that are available, but they're very basic. Like you have libraries that use, you know, Wi-Fi that have the Wi-Fi instruction sets in them. Right. So you're able to initiate this library and then connect it over and then you go up into an Amazon 
web service server. All right. So it wasn't like something that was extremely unique to what you had to do. It was kind of already there. You just had to make the connection. Exactly. The building blocks were there, but that's not to say that it was in any any way, shape, or form easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm yeah, certainly not downplaying it. <laughs> yeah, no, right. So um, we're, yeah, we've, we've really come into this world where these tools exist for developers and yeah. that is causing this proliferation of these connected devices. And and particular, what's great about the uniformity of libraries that exist nowadays is that you can expect them to be stable and to work with routers um, and not mess up. And that is such a big deal when it comes to the ability for, um, you know, you have a reliable product and right. make sure that um, it's always going to be working and you can, you know, trust with something, trust it with something as important as making beer. Yeah, in case in point, charity or anything like that. So, <laughs> right. um, a case in point, like uh, Pete, Steve, and I all are logged into our beer maker, and so we can kind of watch the process as it goes along. And Pete annoyingly texts us at all times of the night, then when things are done. But we get to see <laughs> that process as a group. You don't have to be an individual. You can kind of use a centralized login and get those updates anywhere in the world. And that's what was really kind of cool. Like you could be on vacation. You could be on vacation and go, oh. I feel like I would just become so into this that I would just be checking it. I just can't wait until we get ours. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is I'm driving home and I get a text message from the both of them. Time to pitch the yeast. (laughs) (laughs) Give me seconds to get out out the beer. (laughs) I mean, that's that's pretty real life, you know. Like I was texting them, like, "Hey, you know, we're we're adding the baba, or we're doing this today. We're doing the dry hopping." So it's you know pretty real to life, I would say. Yeah, exactly, and it kind of kind of like I said, puts that roadmap out in more of a digital form, where you guys can all be part of that. As oh, opposed cool. to sitting around in the brewery and saying, okay, now Tuesday at five o'clock, we have to do this and Wednesday, everything is kind of done for you in that simplified process. And that's got to be kind of what you were looking to do, right, Aaron? I mean, you guys were looking to make it simple enough for the average person to take up a, a brewing hobby, but at the same time, make it as complicated to kind of intrigue those beer nerds to kind of grab one of these and, and make it into one of their own kind of individual processes. Exactly. And that, that was, you know, coming back to the, like, who did you build this thing for? It's like, mm-hmm. that, that was the other group. And that was such an important group because we, the feedback that we got from so many people was, I love brewing. I have an incredible, um, you know, an incredible all electric brewing system in my basement that I have built over the years and put thousands of dollars and countless hours into. And I've brewed once over this past year. Um, because if things are so crazy, like all, oh, I just want to brew beer again. And this is, this is something that, you know, allows you to just, if you have five minutes, just go, just go start a batch. Yeah. Um, and that's what's yeah, so pretty special. much it's five minutes it and you've streamlined really the ability to buy a kit literally yes. through the app where yeah. you can just boom, done. And it's at your door within a week. Exactly. We didn't want you to have to leave the app. We didn't want you to have to like go to our website and log in like, oh, what's my login? I forget. So you just open it up. It's like one, it's like your brewery's here and your, you know, stores over here. And if you want to get, you know, we do ingredients, you know, we've got all the malts and hops and yeast and all the stuff that you need to actually brew. Um, And then on the other side, you know, you've got your, your actual brewing happening. Um, I I know you have a flurry of questions for Aaron 
why don't you start with one of the, the easiest ones, a softball question, as they call it. Well, well I, I actually have uh, so pros and cons on, on the unit. Oh, uh, wait, we don't have the three questions tonight? Uh, uh, we might, we might. All right, we might. All right, we'll get to that. We're not, we're not there yet. The, the the pros of it uh again so simplistic so easy to follow instructions i dig that you guys uh each one has one of these cards comes with uh whatever beer you're going to produce and and what it basically does it gives you uh it's a list of everything that should come in your kit um the what hops what grain the amounts uh, and then it also gives you the amount of uh, water that's going to be in it. So it's it's a, if you don't want to open the app, you, you have it right on the card. Um, and then you could do a little inventory check as you're laying everything out. Um, the unit is, one, very simple to clean. Um, very little, very little mess, very little cleanup from what I found. Uh, I mean, the hardest part was throwing the grain out. Um uh, and then I put it in the sink and rinsed it down, and that was it. Uh, put it in the dishwasher to give it a, a real cleaning along with it's the dishwasher, Dave. <laughs> that was my exact reaction. That was my exact reaction. Rewatching, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I just throw all these parts in the fucking dishwasher. Yep. And that, like, that seems like such a simple thing, but I'm like, oh, like, because you think of like brewing beer, like everything's got to be sanitized, and you got like all these like, you know, you see those memes about you know from like fucking work regular like glorified janitor or something, like, and then like, oh, I just throw this shit in my dishwasher. That's fucking great. The 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 quick disconnect valve. We're gonna clean in place go, today. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I also uh, found uh. You know, again, the simplicity of it, but cleaning all that was great. Even uh, I was very skeptical about the carbonation in the in the actual dispensing unit. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw when I first poured this beer. It's and you can see the good lacing on it. Yep, I uh, had a nice, nice fluffy head, and that was basically yeah, a day and a half uh, mm -hmm. to carbonate that and. You know, just using the screw-in CO2 cartridges. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I put it in the refrigerator, and there it was with my little spout, and I could pour a beer off when I wanted. I like the idea that it's only just over a gallon because, you know what? You're going to drink that really quick, and then it's on to the next beer, so you could do it again, and you could... Uh, there's one, one little thing... And it's I, I care less about it, but my family, uh, they actually named the beer maker the tugboat uh, because about the tugboat. The yes. tugboat is uh, there's a twelve hour period where it actually vibrates to kind of settle out any of you know particulate um, trube anything to go down into the bottom waste bag, and it makes this. <laughs> we were waiting for the moment it doesn't do it all day it yeah, only no. does it for a little bit and and but when my wife's on a conference call and they're like it's a boat in the background are you about the water where well, are I you think, I think the, the first water? mistake was know it? you left the uh machine literally in the kitchen for everyone <laughs> yes. to see yes <laughs> yeah it was right right in my kitchen right on the table 
<laughs> right there. Uh, my daughter didn't like it being there because that's where she would make her lunch and breakfast for, for work. And <laughs> just, so, just monopolizing the kitchen. You know what? Hey, I had to make beer and that's yeah. all that hey. so. uh, Pete. So recommendation for you, leave the beer maker there in your basement. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, no, it's, I can't wait until it makes that noise while I'm on a conference call. And then I get to tell everyone <laughs> on the conference call, I'm brewing beer. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, right. you know. yeah. oh, my bad. I'm, no. like, I'm brewing beer. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, mechanically, with that, with the vibration, I mean, that was obviously a something that has to get done to bring that particulate down to the smaller bag underneath yeah. to fill that. Um, yeah. What was kind of like the the idea here, uh, or, or the I guess the research, the R and D that goes into that to understand how that kind of settling using gravity vibration would work. Right. So most fermenters have a have a degree of repose, um, sixty. 65 percent it's called the golden the golden angle mm. um we have height restrictions um the design one of the design constraints is that this thing needs to be short enough to fit under your countertop um under your cabinets on your countertop right so, so 18 inches to work with and that's it got it so what we have to do, <laughs> so we have we have a 15 degree angle in the brew bag and in order to overcome that angle, we had to put in that vibratory motor in order right. to have the shimmy the waist down to function like a traditional conical. So um, you're saying if you wanted the 60, you'd have to make a much taller machine to get yeah. that height to get the part. Yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. Math yeah. nerds make the beer yeah. world go around. <laughs> exactly. Like, Hell yeah. Yeah. So and the other piece to the, so we've got obviously a ton of feedback on vibratory motors. Um, part of it is the dampening, and that's why you have that kind of like tugboat, the deep, the deep vibration. So we're working on the dampening to improve it. Um, I'm not even going to joke around. I put a blanket over it one day <laughs> because I was getting so much shit from everybody in my house. Yeah, so what, what you can do, what we've just released in the latest firmware, I'm not sure if it's gotten to your machine yet. but Ooh, Firmware? Can, Holy yeah. shit. So while, so if you hear it vibrating, you're like, I'm on a conference call, I can't do it. You just press the button on the front and it silences the vibration for an hour. Get out of here. Nice. Or likewise, let's say you're in there and you're like, man, there's a lot of yeast building up. You click the bag a little bit and then hit the button and then it will start vibrating. Oh, so, so you got it both both ways of the manual kind of moment yeah. where you have time. All right, it's four o'clock. I'm, I'm not doing anything. Exactly. Oh. This is so wild. Yeah. And then we also Fine. have, we also have quiet hours in the app, so you can just set it like I'm yes, just and I did. Work, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I had yeah. it from 9.30 in the morning to 9.30 at night would be the only time it could go off because yeah. the very first day, I didn't think of this. <laughs> I have to say it was probably about maybe 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, and I'm in bed, and I, I'm like, what the hell is that noise? And I'm like, <laughs> I run down the stairs, and I'm like, and and little beer maker is doing his job <laughs> in the tugboat. And, uh, and so that's when I realized, wait a minute, I thought I saw something and <laughs> we were good. I mean, that's great. I mean, the point is if you, if you do that update, then you have almost full manual control over time. And, and now is there a specific amount of time over that kind of period where so, it has to do it? What did you yeah. set that? Yeah, and that's that's the tricky thing. So, um, in the you can't give the person at home too much control. Mm. You can only because yeah, 
Yeah, no, exactly. And that is be it begins to become overwhelming. So we're putting those controls into the Right. If you want to run those sorts of custom cycles, you can. So let's when you're going to choose your yeast strain, there's actually an option that sh that you get to select how fast that yeast sediments. Ah. And the sedimentation option um, dictates how often that vibe motor turns on. Okay. So certain yeast like the SO4 that the future IPA uses, that sediments really quickly and hard. And, mm. and if you're not continually moving that yeast out of there, it turns ah. into peanut butter um, on the bottom. Whereas yes. other yeasts like USO5 and the Chico strains, like they're a lot more powdery and they, they sediment over a longer period of time. So you really don't have to run the motor as much. So gotcha. Interesting. My 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 big thing was when you know I first got the machine and and I was reading up on it and and the videos and and I'm like, this fucking thing doesn't boil. Nope. How are we? And, and in my head, I'm like, all right. In my head, I'm thinking diacetyl. I'm thinking DMS. I'm thinking all these different things nope. that I would normally get out of my brew via boiling. Yep. Now it's um I'm, I'm I'm like okay. I saw, you know, the temperature ranges, what you guys were, were looking to do. Uh, I think we were at like 172 was mm -hmm. like our top, but it stayed there for basically 24 hours. It seemed like it, maybe like hour and a half is about what it did, but it, the time it takes to get up and then down. Yes. Yeah. It is a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, during the development, we actually worked with the Cyber Institute and um, with all of these problems and we got, wait, there's a cycle Institute, Aaron. Yeah, you shut up at Cyber, you idiot. Oh, Cyber said cycle. I'm like, there's a cycle Institute that <laughs> no, just no, deals no. with this. No, yeah. No, they're, they're, I was there with you. I heard cycle. Yeah, I said, yeah. all right, it's a, a good old zoom. Yeah. I knew I knew exactly what you said, Aaron. It's All right, fine. fair enough. I heard this cycle too. Okay, yeah. you have headsets yeah. on. I have this head. You know, forget it. Got yeah. sure, sure. So the fascinating thing about not boiling is um, multiple. There are multiple reasons why you boil. Um, first is isomerization of hops. Yep. Um, second is to volatize off your dimethyl sulfide. Yep. Um, but what's interesting about the dimethyl sulfide volatization is um, you only get dimethyl sulfide conversion from S-methylmethionine at boiling temperatures. So you actually don't even get dimethyl sulfide oh, if you're right. under boil temps. Ah. So the key not triggering it. Or it. I don't hear this. All right. Sorry, I, yeah, I, yeah. So I, I heard a lot of people talk at the same time. That's right. Couldn't, no, I, I just said that makes sense. If you're not triggering the reaction, then you're not going to have to worry about getting rid of the reaction. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other one would be, um, you know, we, we get less tannin out of it because you're mm. not getting up to those those extraction temperatures where you get all of that tannin getting pulled out of the cell. And then... Uh, really quick, yeah. uh, Michelle, are you getting flashbacks of today with uh, Ian? What? Are you getting flashbacks of today hanging out with Ian? <laughs> yeah, I he so Aaron, just to give you some uh, some grounding on this one. So Ian at North Fork Brewing Company, we had him in uh, last year for a show. Ian, oh, he scienced out. Oh, oh yeah. scienced oh, yeah. out big he time. Right. And he he we were making we were making fun of him. But we were saying he it sounds like he came straight from Stony Book Laboratories <laughs> to tell us all about I how think he's very proud of that actually. Absolutely, right? he's yeah. out of there. Yeah. Pete and I, our heads were just spinning 
uh, just thinking about what the hell he just said. Uh, we I mean, know he was a chemist for Estee Lauder. I mean, that, Welcome right? to the brew like... club of yeah. <laughs> You exactly. have all sorts of characters. Oh, yeah. And he is one of everybody's I mean, favorites. just the knowledge yeah. that he unloaded on that show. Oh, yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, now, sometime later, a year, uh, maybe a year and a half later, um, I, I kind of understand what you're saying with, with the, the process that goes into it. The more and more we interview people and talk to people about the brewing process, the more we get familiarized with the language and everything. And for the people that are watching at home and the people that are online listening that understand these processes, they, they're getting a, a huge amount of knowledge. The I, I'm just still blown away by the amount of research that had to go into these processes and who you had to contact, who you had to go through. I mean... Just give me a time frame. How long did it take to develop this machine? Well, I, I do. I'll give you this. That yeah. thought process of of uh, pasteurization, fantastic. Uh -huh. Because it cuts that whole thing of, let me sanitize every single thing I'm going to touch today. That yeah. was, that would, that's one of the, the pros too. That yeah. was big on my list. Yeah. So it, it took about four years to develop this thing. Jesus. And it was, it was just a lot of, of this first ideation of like what kind of system would satisfy both, both beginner brewers and alleviate the problems that, you know, I felt very close to of, I hate sanitizing. I hate bottling. I hate transferring. I yep. you know, hate washing things like my brew day is sitting around waiting for water to get hot and I'm scrubbing like 87% of the brewing process. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so, okay. so let's get rid of it. Right. Is there any way we can just get rid of all of that bullshit and then just focus on what makes brewing wonderful, which is, yes, we got Aaron to curse. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Enough fucks from uh, Steve, uh, from Pete and a couple of shits from me and, and Steve. And yes, we got you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's, it's real. It's real. Like this stuff is like, it's the reason, like I, I, I've in this process, I've had, I've had two little boys. They take up all of my time. They're wonderful. And like, I, I, I can't, I just don't, I don't have capacity anymore to sit around and scrub pots all day. You know, <laughs> so it's like, I, what the goal was is like, let's, let's take the labor out of brewing, but leave the craft. And hmm. if we can do that, then I think we're onto something. And you so, didn't, you didn't make that your tagline. No, I just thought about that. Yeah, yeah. It should. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Should be the next tagline. Put that shit yeah. on the website that's tomorrow. That's right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right on the side. Labor yeah. out, craft in. Boom. <laughs> I like that, actually. I don't know. My whole career is based on the labor. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is only a gallon, so you still yeah, have a job. Exactly. There's, there's <laughs> no way. to the, the idea, too, like bringing science to the table is absolutely a necessity and bringing art to the table is absolutely a necessity. But I think when you marry the two and find joy in the overall experience is when you're going to you know, get your lady Brewster's fragile like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's well put. I mean, that's uh, people love the process. Uh, not that you're truly removing all of the craft out of it, but you're simplifying the process for the people that do not have the time but still love the craft. My question uh, uh, is 
just based upon recipes, I know Steve and I were talking about this. Who developed all these recipes you guys offer? Who came up with the, you know, the 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 scaling down portions? Who came up with all of that? So it was myself and a guy um, who is he's been with us forever. Um, this guy, Chris Manley. Um, between the two of us, like we we just brew all the time. Um, we're making recipe after recipe, changing this. He's like, oh, I just found this really awesome recipe or I want to experiment with these ingredients. Um, and so he's incredibly adventurous. He's got an, an amazing palate, way better than mine. Uh, I'm more of I'm more of the kind of the, the brewing process nerd in, and he's more of the artist um, who kind of pushes us forward. Um, you know, we've you need been- a team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. A team. Exactly. Look, at, look at Pete and Ian. There you go. Great sure. team. hundred percent. Yeah, it, it does. And we, we've said that a couple of times on this show. There's a bunch of teams out there that, you know, one's heavily science, one's heavily, uh, you know, into the, the craft and the experimentation. We talked a little bit uh, with uh, Motion, you know, Chris and Angel, a very good team. They, they put together that same concept. One's very technically oriented and the other one's very, you know, experimental and wants to really push the boundaries and together, you know, people are making great beer. And I think that's a, a great, you know, uh, parallel to what beer maker has been doing along the way here. Yeah, there's there's tension. There's always tension between <laughs> the sides. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> there's been there's that. You know, and and I, it's it's a good it's a good it's a good point. And without that, there's you don't get anywhere close to as you know where where we've gotten and in in you know you can it's like the you look at all of these other sorts of environments as well and it's it's it, it's always the pull um between two extremes that gets you ultimately to where now aaron you guys just released the uh the belgian wit recipe yes um that just came out this week what um what what took you to get there how long you've been working on that one and just give yeah. us a little quick little breakdown of that one because right, so that one that one is embarrassingly hilarious. <laughs> um, so, so I can hear. Why yeah. embarrassing? So it, it was. It's almost. It's 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 almost embarrassing that one. So um, we there were we developing a. We were developing a Dunkel Bison, and ah, um, nice. there were some. And we were we were just trying to troubleshoot the grain bill. There was some flavor in it that we weren't we didn't like and. Um, you know, it was, it was a water level thing, some, and with, uh, some furic acid rests. And so we were like messing around with some mash schedules and, um, we put our ghost wheat up as a, um, as a control, as we were doing this dunkel bison experiments. We're like, all right, so we know this, this particular configuration is working well. So we're going to do a control on this, on the grain side, and then we're going to brew out on the dunkel bison side and like, we're going to try to match them. Um, and then um, just because it was a grain experiment, we're like, well, I'm going to throw in some Noble Hops and uh, Belgian yeast in this. Mm. And uh, it blew us away. Like the end result of that was just mind blowing. Like it, and like we had, we had other, other people who, you know, are commercial brewers like come over and like, they were like tasting our beers and like taste it and like, yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. that's 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 it checks every box for your belgian wit like it's no like, make me more aaron make exactly. <laughs> around it's like that was our first try we just threw some stuff great you know, job great job 
Yeah, and it was it, it, it was nuts, but like other beers, like with Dunkelweizen, like we've been working on it for months and months and months. And like we've gone through like a dozen iterations of it, different grain bills. We're trying different, you know, malts from, you know, different malting houses, like, you know, trying to get some of the terroir from, from the German malts, um, pulling those in and like matching them against commercial examples. Hmm. And it's been, it's a real challenge. And um, now you know, the majority of like, like your two row and all that, is that Brees? So, yeah. So we're either, yeah, either Brees or Great Western. Okay. Um, yeah. So Great Western, they're, they're good. Um, we've used some RAR as well. But um, yeah, it's generally the the big two, um, the big two that will. The one thing we were really kind of uh, surprised about is the amount of sexy hops that you guys offer in some of your beers, like the uh, the Smash sexy series hops, with the sexy hops. sexy hops. That's right, Go the Citra, the Mosaic, the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a real demand in the interest industry for these particular ingredients. How are you getting your hands on the appropriate amount to supply the people that are using the beer maker? Well, it's incredibly steam hops. No, yeah. oh, and they're steam hops, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the steam hops, that that's tough, you know. So we're producing yeah. steam hops, and they are. Um, you, we have to get them in in leaf, you know, like whole cone. We yeah. can't start with pellet. You have to start with the original off the vine leaf in order to do this to do the process correctly. Hmm. Um, so, you know, for those unfamiliar steam hops, they're essentially just whole cone hops that have gone through a steam process for 10, 20, 30, 40, 60 minutes. Um, and during that process, you get isomerization of your alpha acids and you get volatization of those more low temperature volatile oils. So what that does after we then dry it and then pelletize them and package them is you have the same flavor profile and bitterness profile as if that hop had been boiled. And, so and that, the key there is the bitterness. Exactly. Keeping that in the process. Exactly. And, 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 and it's again, you do. You, and and I, when I read that too, I was like, this is a great idea because you're putting in, you're putting them in at the same time, but depending on what they are, 60 minute, 30 minute, 15, um, fantastic you get, idea you get that flavor mix. exactly so what it, it's akin to just using different different malts in your mesh you just yep. throw all your malts in at the same time and then all of their individual components come out whether they're complex sugars or simple sugars or you know like the higher level bond malts you know you get the flavor you get the mallard mallards coming out mm -hmm. of there um we're just doing the same thing with hops yeah. And you get the same, you get the oil mix, you get the bitter mix and it's, and it just dramatically simplifies the process. And that's the other piece that was the key to making this thing a truly, you know, five, 10 minute endeavor is if you're over here loading hops in different, different slots and then programming right now, this one, and this minute, that one, I mean, it then really disrupts things for the beginner brewers and it destroys the value proposition that we were going for, for, the let's call it the overwhelmed retired brewer who wants to get back in or the person just trying to rapidly prototype some things. And um, I, I'm, I'm sure you probably answered this in that, but you know, the benefit to steam hops is that it simplifies the process. Does it keep the hop longer in its sealed package? Uh, 
Yes, it does. Mm. And that's another really cool thing is when the alpha acids are in their iso-alpha acid salt form, they are stable. They don't degrade like they do when they're in their alpha acid form. Right. Because so, if anyone has tried to keep hops over time, you know, keep it in a sealed vacuum sealed pouch or something like that for the home brewers, you can't really keep it even in the fridge for any more than three, five months, maybe if that and then at the same time, you got to now think ahead. What's my next brew? When's my brew day for that? You got to really schedule it out here. We're talking about keeping it a little longer and being able to brew with it with the same flavor complex that was initially, you know, happening right at the beginning. Exactly. You know, you can, you, you know, you can keep them at room temperature. Um, uh, you know, the oils will change a little bit, but you're not going to be getting degradation of your iso alpha acids. And that's the real, you know, it's a huge benefit when it comes to ability to ship and have it retain its integrity. Oh, it's massive. You know, it was, I was interested about that too, because when we had gotten, uh, you know, our two kits with the, with the beer maker, um, I, myself, I'm like, all right, depending on how many units you're, sh you're shipping out and how many kits you're shipping out is how much you're going to go through your inventory of grains and hops and and my first couple of things were you know obviously yeast and hops were the main two like okay those could easily degrade especially yeast could you know over time even though it's it's uh you know you're using the dry which i always found is you you could go years and yeah. still still get a decent product out of it uh, yeah. but hops yeah they could easily lose their luster so to speak uh, mm -hmm. for the layman, but the, uh, again, you, you guys really, really put a lot of thought process in this, man. Yeah. We, we spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> I, I'm telling you because every, every little thing, like I tried to pick, I'm like, uh, wait, nope. They already thought of that one. And nope, they thought of that one. And so uh, I, I, and again, I was very, very skeptical uh, yeah. when I got the machine and, and I'm like, because, you know, again, I'm a brewer and our day revolves around cleaning and sanitizing and, and mashing and, you know, all that and transferring. That's, you know, the other thing, transferring a beer from one vessel to another, you always have a chance of something happening, yes. uh, whether it's contamination, uh, DO, uh, you know, dissolved oxygen in there. Uh, just, again, losing. Right, Sam for president. Um, I did find this too. Uh, another pro at the when we I emptied all the beer out of both of the beers we'd done, there was nothing left in the bag, like mm. literally just some residue, some you know, a little bit of particulate. Yeah. I was I was thinking, ah, uh, you know, it's gonna be like a few ounces left in the corner. There was nothing left in the bag. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing how how you can. In particular, like you pull your last little bit and it's like nice, clear beer. And then you yeah. open the beer and you're like, oh, wow, look at that sediment. That just yeah. And all, all along the sides in the corners. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sold. Uh, I, I mean, I tell everybody, I go, you know, uh, the majority of home brewers that I know and that most of the guys know is for them. It's all about the process. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to spend 12 hours today of cleaning and sanitizing and drinking beer and talking about beer and, Yay. and, you know, and it's, it's, but this for that person that, which we have a lot now that live in an apartment and don't have the room, 
to put all the equipment, to put carboys, to put pots and, you know, sanitizing equipment. And uh, this it also man, seems like a great resource to breweries in general um, as a substitute for a pilot system. Right, they really try and hone in and figure out, you know, your great ideas without spending, you know, a lot of time and or money. Yeah, one of the beers we're going to actually brew on this once we're we're actually going to share it. It went from me. Now it's Pete. From Pete's going to to Mikey, and then it's the uh, the the sisterhood of the traveling brewing machine. That's how we call it. (laughs) When it comes back to me, I'm actually going to brew one of the beers that I brewed. Um, no which, beer, which beer is it going to be? Not the Oktoberfest, as we found no. out. <laughs> no, not the word Toberfest. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is oh, that, that actually that was a question I had, Arnie? Uh, is there an October? Is there a Marzen style coming in a few months? Yeah, that's another one that we've been. Uh, it's, it's, I it's, want it's a double box. There should be more double box in our <laughs> universe. Yeah, yes. there yes. should yeah, be more great. sours. There you know should be a lot more other things. So um, both, both of those things uh, are right now. Like we have got a Doppelbach on tap in the office and um, yeah, and a sour. I just finished our first sour. Wow. wow. Aaron, here's a question. How many beer makers do you have in your office? <laughs> uh, we have, in our, so we've got the brewing lab and that has 16 that are just always going. Wow. Um, so we're just iterating and iterating and iterating. And then we have another 12 that are um, set up to do just like <laughs> side-by-side process experiments. I curse so, a lot, but I'm pretty like sure I'm not supposed to here. So that's a GV think tank you got yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so you got 16 doing like testing out recipes and then mm-hmm. another dozen testing out like different temperatures or schedules or it's, you got firmware it. updates. Wow. It's incredible. <laughs> Like the, the other 12 that are going like dialing in our um, like we want to make some changes to our Redwood IPA. Oh. There's just not enough nose on the hops in it. So we're, we've got six of those going side by side and we're doing <laughs> slight hop tweaks to That's each awesome. one. That's awesome. Um, just fucking six of them just sitting there That's running. Cool. So <laughs> how many brews are you starting a week, let's say? Um, Per week, we're going through probably ten or fifteen beers in a week. Wow! Um, that we're Damn, son. Yeah, <laughs> I like think that. that we need to take a field trip to, to Colorado. Go to the all the time. <laughs> I think when you send us our beer maker, you should have us over for. Yeah. How to use that? Well, how about this? You travel out to Colorado. You can yes, visit the beer. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pick up a beer maker. We'll drink some beers, and you'll there show you me how uh, where you put the honey into that. Where we put the honey? It's a good trade off. Colorado, bro. I like it, especially in Colorado. Uh, Aaron, so I mean, with with all those, like you said, the iterations running in that. Uh, what has been like the common thread here throughout all those processes that has said, okay, if we do. If we do this, then that. If we have something that happens here, it happens there. What has been like the biggest kind of turnout where you know, okay, I have a direction where I should head and that's what I'm going to do like my six into or whatever it is going to be? Yeah, so probably um, just having, you know, working with a lot of scientists that we that we have, um, N equals three is a thing that yeah. we like are mandating that happens. So if you're doing anything 
Um, in particular, when it comes to um, releasing a recipe, for example, we have to be able to brew it three times, either in succession or side by side, and have them come out the same way hmm. um, in order for us to feel comfortable moving forward with it. Hmm. So Quality control. Yeah. Exactly. So that's yeah. a huge piece of it. And um, it's been, it's obviously it's, it's massive because you can remove like externalities and like, Oh, I, you know, we, we forgot to, you know, put hops in this one. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a human error or something that happens throughout the process. It didn't happen. Yeah. Um, right. So it's like, if, if something does happen to one of them, then, you know, we at least have another two, or if one is like totally off, like, why is this one not on? Right. And that's, you know, it was that N equals three is like how we began working on this dumbbell and um, the challenge with it was that we were using more malts and um, and the wheat was absorbing more water than the other. Uh, ah, in it. I and see. Then, so what was happening, you know, you put in the same amount of water that you normally do. And then, um, so like, this is a barley recipe. This is your wheat recipe. And then what happens, it, it, it absorbs and then the water level goes back here. And what, and then, so the malt above that, they don't get up to pasteurization temperatures. So you, gotcha. get this, you get this like souring that's happening, mm. like in like trying to get that dialed. And that's why we were bringing your other wheats back into it. And then, um, you know, was able to really get that particular component dialed. And it was, it was a really cool, you know, ability for us to, to have, you know, 16 machines sitting in our brewing lab. And yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. really is cool. It'd be cool to just take a picture of that and send it to me. Yeah, I'm just yeah, so interested yeah. in seeing <laughs> 16 beer makers lined up on the counter. I, I just yeah. want to hear when all the tugboats go off. When we're around, like having meetings upstairs, like our, our we've had a little oh, right, office yeah. thing. Yeah. Meeting oh, that'd be terrible, right? One the other, it'd be terrible. Yeah. Um, you, you alluded to it before, uh, you, you're looking into, you know, doing a sour recipe and stuff like that. Uh, what would be the next recipe that's kind of very close to being released after the Belgian wit? Um, probably that Dunkelweissen. Okay. Um, the Dunkelweissen is so close. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, we're, we're looking at, yeah, so we got this Dunkelweissen and the Martzen and okay. both of those are, are, you know, we've been working on them for a while. They've been the, the kind of in the troubleshooting stage and, um, and they're, they're <laughs> about there and it's really exciting. Um, and then, um, we've got a coming up in early May, we're hoping to be releasing a Mexican lager. For Ooh, there you go. So, Bingo. Crispy, boy. crispy yes. for the summertime. Yeah. So nice. it's, it's exciting. And then, and obviously we've got, you know, we're, we've just started doing recipe development on um, a sour and a pills also for the summer. Oh, um, nice. Super, super exciting. Hopefully we can get those out maybe end of May, early June. Lady Brewsters, if we get our hands on the sour or the Pilsner, we will definitely be sending some out. We'll have a Pilsner, nice 100%. Yeah. The burner oh. was turned on in the brewery, so we are literally, I don't know if we're you've noticed, like, we've literally Why we're acting out, we're like, we can't. <laughs> we're getting closer and closer can't hear we can't hear anything. Oh, so you, all of you, we can't hear the vibration, so, yes. but you can't hear us. I got it. No, there's right. no tugboat in the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, 
So I, I, you know, just kind of looking forward, is there something that you guys really want to develop that you haven't even started yet? Is there another style that you're really like, I, we need to do this, but we're just so innovative. I mean, with- I think you're coming around. Happy Lager. That question that we uh, glazed over. <laughs> Which uh, one was that? Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, so, so styles that we're, like, we're really wanting to do um, would be some big, like, like big barrel aged beers ah, and they're, okay. they're 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 challenging obviously because your ability to put ingredients in in short term um is you know you're limited to however long it's sitting in your beer maker when you have access to that brew tub right so we've been experimenting with some um like the the stout is uh, you can actually put oak cubes directly oh, God into damn it in my mind and what's so cool about doing that is you go through the hot side with it and because you're not boiling you're not pulling all those tannins out of the oak so Mm. it just stays there it goes up it sanitizes the oak and then it just pulls all that lovely oak out over Mm. a longer period of time it's incredibly strong like day one out of the tap but by the end of week two it's amazing and well, here's a question. What adjunct can't you add to the beer maker? What's something that there's oh, yeah. no way What's it's ever going to work? What's something that you, you, like, you killed a machine with? <laughs> I, that's a, it's a, it's a Orange great. honey blossom? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a great question. I think um, there's the, 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 the traditional, let's call it the, a traditional sour is, is a challenge because you've got to do um, – well, let's call it a wild sour. Like if you're using Britannomyces or those bugs, there's always the fear that they're going to somehow get stuck in your system yep. somewhere. Yep. Um, and in particular, when it comes to the line that goes into your CO2 system, I'm pretty sure if you're using Britannomyces, you're never going to get that out of yep. it. So that, that would be... Unit. Just right. Unit. Yeah, you'd have Also, to- Brett is present everywhere. Right. right? It's well, everywhere. It, it, it should be right. It, it, it is um, the issue. So just clean your well, systems. Yes, you should definitely do that. Um, and the challenge is, you know, if you're dealing with brand new people um, who aren't familiar with using brewing grade sanitizers. Um, so we're, we're kind of stra- we're straddling that line and it becomes a question of like how, how much when it comes to making our, regular like the kits that are going to be that are available to everybody um where's the line like how how much can we expect the the brand new person to do versus the person who it wants to be adventurous and try it and you know so we've really begun diverging at least those thought processes into two different sections on the app and so if you're really trying to get crazy with it, you can go into your DIY and you can get full control over all of those pieces. But if you're going to stay on a little bit more with um, like, let's just, let's just brew some beer real quick. And then you just go with the straight kits. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard, you know, and, and I think we're going to learn more as we go along and what people are willing and able to do. Um, and it, it's a challenge. Yeah. So. Steve, I, 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 we're running out of time, and I want to get to your tradition here of three questions, as I alluded to before early in the show. Uh, go ahead, and uh, I'll, I'll sing the, uh, the theme song. <laughs> Steve, three questions. Steve, three questions. 
questions. All right, see you guys. Okay. I, I got to develop some sort of jingle for him. I still haven't done it yet. It's been a, been a crazy couple of weeks. So I, I, I always I'll ask, sing it. There you go. Three Stop questions. That. Three questions. All right, Steve, you're up. Go. I always ask three questions, and uh, I learned uh, from doing the three questions that you could only ask one question at a time. <laughs> because after the first one, everybody forgets the second and third one. So uh, we'll, we'll actually start with, with Aaron. Aaron, what was that first um, craft beer that turned you on to craft beer? Um, I was in I was in Ireland and had a had a Guinness. I was nice. eighteen, and I was blown away, just blown away. I mean, it, craft beer. Yeah, I, I think that the, the delineations are, are a challenge to you know talk about and what we have built as craft beer in the American zeitgeist, but you know, like Guinness, Guinness is good for you. Um, <laughs> and has been yes. around for a long time. And yep. I, you know, coming back from, you know, being at a high school party where there's just like red dog and Bush. Yes. And then red seeing, dog. Red wow. Wow. <laughs> Rollback. Exactly. Ice. And then, and then, and then coming into a place where, you know, you've got this head that's so thick you could like put your freaking, you know, put donut. Like it was like, I mean, it was a, it was a mind blowing experience, and that was the thing that I was like, all right, there's there's a lot more to this than we're we're able to access on our side of the pond. Huh. Um, and then you know, continuing to go around um, the the UK and just try different different beers from different places, and it was just an entirely mind blowing experience. Um, and uh, yeah, and then came back and uh, haven't really went from there. <laughs> Ladies, same hmm. question. Yes, same, same question. question. Oh, okay. What was that craft beer that turned you on to craft beer? Newcastle Brown Ale. Oh in my college. god! That's funny. We got that answer. Uh, I think last last show, right from one oh, of the uh, homebrewers. I don't know. Okay. Was, I think it was. Was it uh was it uh from beer? Was it Justin from beer? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Definitely came up. Yeah, definitely came yeah, up. Yeah, but nothing stuck out to me in my college years on Long Island of <laughs> just, you know, showing up to a party with something a little extra and Newcastle Brown Ale was one hundred percent came through nut every brown. time. Brown. Love the nut brown. It was a great one in mm -hmm. high school. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Sheila? Or I think Michelle? for me, I was very fortunate to um, live near Blue Point, like in their very beginnings. Um, so I spent a lot of time there. Uh, and that was kind of like my introduction into local craft beer. Um, and from there, it just kind of branched out, you know, like they were doing something that not a lot of people on the island were doing. Which was one was local. it? Which, which brew was it, Sheila? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, their toasted lager obviously like always is a staple. Love it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Yeah. yeah. You can drink. You're lying if you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I also really fell in love with their, their blueberry. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I remember that. And, like, there's I remember nothing that. Quite like having it from the source. Yes. Fresh. Like it, it was just like eye opening that beer could be so different. I grew up in a household where, beer was um Budweiser mm -hmm. you know and before that I think it was maybe Schmitz in a bottle or something like that you know like my dad was old school and that's the kind of beer that he drank 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm still trying to get him into IPAs, even to this day, you know, that's just He's got that palate. He's ready to go with the bud and the, the bud heavies and side note. Right. I will drink a Coors Bank, but tall boy. Any day <laughs> you can't right. forget, you can't forget your roots and where you came yeah. from. Well, funny you say that I was watching the uh, Mets and the Colorado Rockies game the other day, Sunday, um, by the way, Aaron, Colorado Rockies fan, are you uh, more of an upstate fan? What do you do for baseball? Yeah, we're looking at you, Aaron. Yeah, that's right. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm largely, I'm largely outside of the world of baseball. Okay. I've sold my soul to the Denver Broncos. Oh, there you go. All right, fair enough. Forward. All so, right. No, that's good. At least you got something there. You got yeah. some sort of winning history it's with so, a team that you root for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no. in the crowd at the Rockies game, so many people had tall boy Coors banquets. I they noticed it banquets, so much. This Coors fight taking over my banquets universe of tall boys is really making me mad. Yeah. So, it, was, yeah. it was amazing to see all those yellow cans, you know, yes. 20, 22 ounce I think, cans. I think yes. they're going through a, a revitalization where so many people are like going back to that the champagne know? of beers of the course champagne. the champagne of beers yeah. absolutely <laughs> it is called Coors Field for a reason that's correct yeah. yep i'm assuming beer. you do not get a discount at Coors Field oh, for no, your course you're banquet good. you can still pay <laughs> 47 dollars for your beer but yeah it's right fine. Exactly. uh michelle same question over to you um i'm embarrassed to say it's probably john harvard's pumpkin that's not embarrassing r.i.p john harvard yeah, yeah that was a staple on long island i remember that being one of the first like pumpkin beers i ever had well, i mean oh, at yeah. this point in the beer industry it's like ah, oh, pumpkin you know like ev- no. every like no, the no, vein no. of every brewer's existence this is like <laughs> she's lying she's lying but john harvard's definitely they um, did it right yeah, yeah. when yeah. you get a good 100%. pumpkin you got yeah. a good pumpkin and they had a great aaron pumpkin. aaron any experimentation with pumpkin beers please go yeah we were we were planning on launching or releasing beer maker last many times COVID was not kind to us, but no. we actually had a pumpkin recipe that we were going, we were really happy with and we're going to launch with. Um, but like most pumpkin beers, like you can't taste the pumpkin in it. And it's all just spicy. stick with the Mars and stick with yeah. the Mars. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It is kind of cool to like crack open a can of pumpkin and just dump it into the top. As it slurps out. Right. <laughs> Uh, Steve, question well, number two for the roundtable. Oh, wow. Uh, good question. I'm, um, I'm going to call it a seasonal. All right. Because it doesn't yeah, have the pumpkin name on it, though it has pumpkin yeah. elements to it. Uh, right. So I used to bartend up at the Muttontown Country Club, and I was advocating, Fancy. advocating, Which advocating. Muttontown. Muttontown. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know who I was talking to. I'm sorry. Little, little hoity toity. Listen, I wasn't a member. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Um, but I was advocating for years for them to get craft beer on tap. The first one they were able to get, Greenport Leaf Pile. It was Leaf amazing. Yes. And it the whole club was um, amazed by it. And I go, see, I told everybody, freaking <laughs> get something in here. And it, it was a little mainstream for the time. But yet it 
satisfied everyone's kind of need for something different, something new. So it's a good solid beer. Yeah, yeah. It's a good starting point for, especially in the seasonal time. And it worked out very well. And you know what? We had a, a wedding and that thing went like hotcakes. People were like sneaking into the bar that they weren't allowed to come into just to get leaf pile on tap. They're like, oh, wow. I, need a, I need another leaf pile. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not rimming this one, so you can go screw yourself. Here you go. I'm not rimming pile. it. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Also, no. Right. Yeah, because Greenberg no. doesn't want to do that either. So. No, I don't blame Nobody it. wants to do that. Enjoy leaf pile as it was supposed to be, yeah. without a rim. Mm -hmm. No rims. Steve, question number two. Go for it. Question number two. Aaron, what's your favorite style? I, it, depends on, it depends on what I'm drinking. You mm. know, usually whatever's in front of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, oh, the wrong it's, yeah, so there's, that's a, it's a, it's a really tough question. If I had to drink just one style right now, forever, would, oh, forever. Okay. Mm. Well, forever. <laughs> wow. You're really, you're really, I changed the game. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> like desert Island question. Man, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, let's call it just classic halo. Oh, okay. we're going to go. We're going to go classic pale. I like it. Yeah, Could well. be a little hoppy, a little juicy. Yeah. Loving a little pale. Like it. Katie. Uh, okay. So if I have to stick to one style of beer forever mm -hmm. that I'm going to drink, it's going to be something experimental, innovative, and from a barrel. Okay. Oh, barrel. Nice. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Sheila. Uh, if it's going to be forever, that's kind of a hard fall. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a big sour fan. I, I mean like 90% of the beer that I buy is different sours. Um, but I also really just like beer that tastes like beer. I'm a sucker for a really, really clean Pilsner. I mean, a Love beer that, that tastes like beer is a, yeah. Sure good yeah. <laughs> And I'm also really a sucker for a West Coast IPA. Oh my like God. Something that's yes. super clean and crisp and hoppy. I love that. Because you can drink so, them all yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So my first would definitely be sour, but followed up by the other two. Okay. Michelle? Um, honestly, I really love Lambics or Flanders. Oh, so, going bougie going on us, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no one's like, uh, like, if more people would put out Lambics, obviously it's it's more time consuming, but yeah. Lambics is just so much more dedication to it. I love Lambics. Um, but yeah, second would be West Coast for sure. Do you like a good farmhouse or wild yeah. ale? Yeah. Yeah. So you're in that, that world there. That's good. Uh, Steve, question number three. And finally, number three, Aaron. What would be your go-to beer if you were in a restaurant and, uh, you know, you see that one beer and you're like, oh, that's, that's the one I want to have. That's, and it can't be beer maker either. No, <laughs> if it's one beer in a restaurant, it's what I did uh, two days ago and it would be a Melvin two by four. Oh, nice. Melvin. What? Yeah. Say it again. Melvin, Melvin, Brewing, man. Melvin, Melvin two by four yep. from, uh, from Jackson, Wyoming, the Hollywood. Yep. Oh, yeah. tell me more about Melvin G by four from Jackson, <laughs> Wyoming. 
They yeah. are they're uh, they're distributed world uh, world nationwide, I would think, but even think worldwide. So. I've seen it in local distributors. Yeah. What yeah. is it though? What is the style? What is it? It's a it's a it's a double IPA. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just they, I I can't even really tell what they do in particular with it, but it's they've got a level of refinement in it that is um, it's rare, and I, I find at least in, in yeah. I've place. I've had their beer at GABF and. Man, they do a great job, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like I said, they're they're expanding their distribution. Uh it's stuff is starting to creep into the East Coast here. And uh look for it. I'd love it to is. see more of the middle of the country for sure. Yeah. yeah for I sure. mean, even like like three Floyds has crept up here yeah. from Baltimore, oh, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah, a bunch of places. That. Uh, have especially during COVID, they found the need to expand and distribute uh, more widely. And so we're starting to get in all parts of the country more uh variety, more choices that's so and true. that's that's really awesome and uh the beer services too oh yeah you of course can order beer from almost oh everywhere God, yeah tavor with beer tavor, shipped right to your door. Shack, room. oh my god yeah. i just keep getting boxes delivered and i'm like i don't know where <laughs> that came from <laughs> really no, I yeah, I said, yeah. hundreds of dollars on tavor yeah well you should have used promo code wart w-o-r-t and you could have received 10 percent off your tavor package damn oh yeah. man well now i know for the next box well uh yeah we haven't re-upped our uh, uh invitation with them so you had your opportunity yeah. in season three all right <laughs> but that's all right uh, Katie, what what about that go-to beer that Steve was asking? Oh, about? I mean, I think I already answered this. It's my Coors Banquet. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but if I'm a lot of, all right, no, I'm answering a different question. Yes, it's my Coors Banquet. <laughs> yes. Okay, Sheila. I, I don't really, I don't really know how to answer that honestly because you know it's so hard to find like that beer that you love that's on tap at all of these different locations, you know? Well, I mean, it's, it's hypothetical. Yeah. What's that beer you go in and it's going to be on tap, but what's, and it can't be. So more so a like a more common craft beer selection. Right. Correct. Yeah. Not too broad, you know, not too broad, but just. We'll say I mean, not, not too local or regionalized, but something a little more broader. Like something like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. Like like yeah. There okay. you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe like a all day IPA. Yeah. Yeah. All day IPA is in season right now. Yeah. yeah. Or like yeah, a 60 minute. Sure. I would go for yeah. 60 minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are always oh. safe choices. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mike loves the 60 minute. Mike sure is does. 60 minute. Yeah. Mike is still aging his 120. <laughs> there it is. 120 is, is like. Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> you got you got to be ready to sip this out of a yes, snifter like a whiskey. Ready. Hey, but that all day my really guess. is yeah. reliable. It's I, I don't know it's if reliable. you saw in my my fridge. Yeah, I have a one twenty from two thousand and eleven. I got from Dogfish Head. Do you? Nice. Oh, I did not see that. Um, this it's, one, I don't know what the, I don't have a date on it. But I know it's at least four to five years old, and it has the dust on it to prove it. If you could see it, so drink it, let us know how that's yeah. going. Yeah. Well, I, I might be able to, you know, at one point if we uh, are able to get out of our houses and get some place <laughs> where we can enjoy beers together, we'll, uh, I'll bring this out and we'll we'll yes. taste a five-year-old aged dogfish 120. I yes. love. I, I love that. Oh my, oh my god! Same. Hold up. We we did a collab with LIBME the other day, and the guys from LIBME brought a Bell's 
11-year-old exhibition stout. And it wow. was, oh my God, it was incredible. Incredible. That's a, that's <laughs> a heavily aged give stout. North Fork a ton of credit for always supporting homebrewing home yeah. and Lady Brewsters and all of that. Yeah, we and the boys really from LIBME, uh, you know, spoke very heavily about the breweries here on Long Island and the support that they're given, the meetings that are scheduled, the hosting that happens. They were at Uber Geek. Uh, they were at yes. um, where else? Uh, Peconic, I think. Peconic County, just yeah, yeah, just hosted them there. I mean, like I said, the the outreach and the networking here on Long Island is amazing, and it all it does is produce that next uh, generation of brewers that are going to come mm -hmm. out and start a good brewery and and perpetuate the uh the great craft movement here on Long Island this and even is in not New York. an easy industry across the board for men, women, however anybody <laughs> identify really. Like yeah. it is so hard and it you can't describe it to anybody that's but not I do a part think it. it's like a the seven degrees from Kevin Bacon. You yeah. know, there's always someone that's interrelated with someone oh, else. Yeah. Yes. This brewer brewed here, here, and here. Because it's a desolate island. Right now. Yeah, so we have to make sure. Yeah. Right, right now, the head brewer at Peconic was my assistant. Yes. And, yes. and my other assistant is now the brewer at Long Ireland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. <laughs> Yeah, the, and it's all really exciting. And Mustache just opened Uber Geek. And Ian. <laughs> North Fork owner used to be at Mustache. And yeah. Ian used to intern with me from North Fork. Yeah. So it yeah. all goes oh around. Back, yeah. back in the it, day. All it the a village yes. across yeah. the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. Village there you that. go. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get to some... Uh, you know, basically, uh, you guys uh, giving us some information. Uh, we'll start with you, ladies. Uh, give us uh, the big plug. Give us some information about what's left, where people can find the beer, where people can get it. There goes my cans. I was going to um, say, not there, obviously. Not there. You're no, fine. everything That's is empty on this side. You can't come to the O'Toole household <laughs> because we are fresh out of beer right now. Um, but give us the big plug. Where can people find you online and all the social media contacts? Yeah, uh, ladybrewsters.com. We're on Instagram as Lady Brewsters. Uh, Facebook, Lady Brewsters of the North Fork. Um, if you're looking for the beer, we just dropped off fresh cases to Hopscotch and Belport uh, beer. And if you are looking to have it in house um, or by the cans, Eastern Front, Jamesport, Long Ireland has a very small batch. Um, Peconic County, Tradewinds, and Uber Geek. Um, Greenport and North Fork are out of it completely. Um, but hit up one of those breweries, support them, and proceeds will go towards ECLI and Vibes for survivors of abuse. Awesome. Uh, Aaron, give us the... Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Uh, Aaron, uh, big plug for a beer maker here. And again, thank you very much for being sponsors of the show. We'll continue to promote the beer maker, post our stuff and throw it out there. Share every uh, everything that we try to brew so people and can- And we will too when we get our beer maker. <laughs> <laughs> See, she said it this time, not me. Yeah, don't right in there. We're all very excited. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, 
the, the the concept just like here on Long Island of networking is the same concept I'm sure you guys are following for your business model here is getting it out there getting people you know awareness of it and then of course having people share the brew and you know seeing what the finished product is and I think that's a testament to a, a great business model to have people you know by word of mouth as opposed to like this heavily advertised kind of thing you you really have hit the mark on you know that grassroots movement Give us again that whole concept of where people can find it, where people can uh, get it. Uh, we'll throw in the promo code. Uh, I think it's the Wart twenty twenty one. If you're looking to get a uh, promo code for a discounted beer maker, and uh, go ahead, take it away, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. So beermaker.com, b e e r m k r dot com, um, and yeah, obviously use coupon code the Wart twenty twenty one, and you'll get a, a, a bunch of dollars off of your. Um, you're a beer maker. Um, we are um, continually trying to, you know, bring more beer makers to more people um, in different places around the world. Uh, we're getting ready to you know, start shipping to places like Canada and, and Europe. So cool. um, very exciting to be be in that process. But yeah, the best, absolute best place is um, on beermaker.com and our Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I have to give a huge shout out to our owners group on Facebook. Um, we have got, you know, I think we have almost like a thousand people, um, you know, of people who have been, um, you know, either Kickstarter backers or early, early adopters of it. Um, they're just online talking with each other, sharing recipes and, um, trying to figure out the best ways to use, you know, this ingredient or, you know, I had you know, this weird flavor in here, what could that possibly be? And then, so it's this incredible community that, you know, you can become a part of. So look forward to sharing with everybody um, whenever they can get, get a, get on with the beer maker train. That's it. Get that and, dunko done, brother. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we can't man, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of slighted that you guys didn't share your beer with us. We shared. Well, I, oh well, I I mentioned 100%. at the top of the show that we didn't have the timetable right. We didn't. Our beer wasn't ready until Sunday afternoon uh, yeah, yeah, before yeah. we get out to you. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get you something. Next we'll get batch. you something. Yeah. Next batch. We got next plenty batch. of batches to go. Like I said, I got the uh, Jurassic Ale ingredient bag here ready to nice. go. So yeah. when we get that, I'll get it out to you guys. Don't All worry right. about that. Wait, Sheila, is Long Island going to go to AC Beer Fest? Um. Yes. We are oh, so you know what? Yeah. We're gonna have a sh- we're gonna have a shit ton of good times. Did you see that so that musical excited. lineup? I'm so excited just to be back at an actual beer fest. I can't mm-hmm. even believe it. Yeah, this I can't amazing. even imagine. Yeah, a- AC we beer were so fest. Disappointed last year, everything you know was canceled, but it's gonna be a good time. AC beer fest, uh, June fourth, fifth, and sixth at Bader Field Outdoor Beer Fest, happening in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Join yeah. us and, of course, yeah. Sheila and Long Ireland broadcasting live from the fest. Yeah. We're going to have a great time over the course of those uh, two and a half to three days. And, uh, of course, uh, go out there and get your beer maker. And uh, we're going to may- we may even have a batch of beer ready for that uh, for that festival that we can kind of have on the low. We'll promote right. it heavily. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, really appreciate uh, all you guys being on the show tonight, spending time with us. Thanks a lot for sharing your uh, stories and, of course, your beer. And uh, we're going to get out of here. Steve, uh, some last thoughts. Don't be a dick. Be nice. Yeah, it's yeah of course. there you go. I like it. 
Pete. Thank you guys for having us on. Thank and Aaron, it was so nice to meet you. And I, I look forward to you. Steve, I mean, Pete. Don't forget to have your pets spayed or neutered. This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com, and we out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Please hang up and try again. This has been the Wirt on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.